you so much for tuning in to Coffee and Toe. World news on the go. Gotta wake myself up this morning. Yeah, I was careless last night. Irresponsible last night. Staying up on days after dark until 1 o'clock in the morning. Or a little bit after 1. Still 1. <laughs> I will not be doing that again. So now I'm operating off of very little sleep. Didn't get to bed until 2, and I had to be up at 5. So three hours of sleep. Let's see how the next four hours are going to go. <laughs> Pray for me, y'all. Hey, yo, they could never make me hate you. Even though what you was doing wasn't tasteful. Even though you out here looking so ungrateful. I'ma keep it moving, be classy and graceful. I, I told them it's no friends that came. You, you ain't learned that yet. All the bridges you came over, don't burn that yet. Niggas want respect, but niggas ain't earned that yet. Self-righteous and entitled, but they swearing on the Bible that they love you. And really, they no different from all your rivals. But I still don't wish death on them. I just reflect on them. Pills and potions, we're overdosing I'm angry but I still love you Pills and potions, we're overdosing Can't stand it but I still love you I still love, I still love, I still love, I still love, I still Good morning to all of our listeners around the world. Thank you so much for tuning in on QMCRadio.com and JohnnoRadio.com. Good morning to my clubhouse crew. Thank you so much for joining me. It is Tuesday, January 10. The days are ticking. Oh, yeah. Turn up Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee and Toe World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. All right, Chris Brown, give me that. Maybe the reason that all the teams may never see me. Let me explain to 
you What your body got a young boy ready to do If you take a chance and let me put them things on you I can show you why I make them straight A's in school I'm a hustler, just my frame and age Got you thinking that I'm just too young to turn your page I can picture us switching lanes In the coupe with you on the phone screaming my name I'm gonna need you to help keep me awake. <laughs> I'm on my third cup of coffee, and believe you me, it is a struggle. I'm really trying. You know, in Jamaica, we say, cut your eye for matches stick. That's how it's feeling right about now. Y'all are bad influence for me. Days after dark, crew. Really? Yes, you are. Had fun last night, though. If you missed it and you are on Clubhouse, you can catch the replays if you're listening in internet land. Check out the replay on JanoRadio.com. Tiffany Evans, I'm grown. We're going to squeeze in a TLC and then get into the business. Keep it locked. I can't believe you're trying to block me. Just to play them games I thought you'd be. Up in my league, but no, you can't compete. Back up, don't touch, gotta give me 50 feet. Cause I'm on another level I'm bringing things to life like I'm Geppetto This is the last time that I'm gonna tell you I'm doing it big now, you want a piece, let it go Tuesday There's still see No scrub No scrub is a guy that ain't getting all enough from me Hanging up the passenger side of his best friend's side Trying to holler at me checking me but his game is kinda weak And I know that he cannot approach me Cause I'm looking like class and he's looking like trash Can't get with a can't be that Don't show love, oh yes, son. I'm talking to you. Wanna get with me with no money? Oh no, I don't want no one. Scrub, 
Good morning and thank you once again to all the listeners around the world logged on to the quality music zone qmzradio.com and everyone logged on to johnoradio.com of course i gotta say good morning to my studio audience courtesy of clubhouse it is tuesday january 10 2023 turned up tuesday thank you so much for joining me for coffee and tell world news on the go you can find us here every monday through friday 9 a.m to 1 p.m eastern this is where I read the news and we share our views. You can also follow me on TikTok, Moments with Me Media, on Twitter, Me Media Moments, and on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media. And the mean everything is M I. I keep giving love until the day he pushes me away. Thank you for that one, Creep. And it's time for us to go ahead and get started. Here are the headlines we have coming up for you today. One cup of coffee, then I'll go. One cup of coffee, then I'll go. Starting off in the Caribbean corner, CARICOM to send observer mission to Antigua for January 18 election. Cayman named one of the best places to travel in 2023. Out of Trinidad and Tobago, $91.2,000 in illegally imported pharmaceuticals seized. Out of Jamaica, local government reinforces that land transactions cannot be conducted without ministry consent. Crime is our problem. And uh, Jampro is looking to bolster coffee exports. And whose photograph is it? Is it Paul Bogle or is it Thomas L. Jennings? Who exactly are we looking at? Out of Latin America, Mexico may accept more illegal immigrants expelled by the U.S. On the international scene, Gabon names first female vice president and new prime minister. In stories out of North America, thousands urged to flee their homes as more severe weather wallops California, pushing the death toll to 14 in recent storms. In a continuation of 
yesterday's story, well, the story that started on Friday, actually, further developments. The six-year-old who shot his teacher used mother's gun. New student loan, well, new Biden student loan plan unveiled amid agency funding crisis. Classified files found at Biden's former private office. In some states, an unpaid foster care bill could mean parents could lose their children forever. Money? Really? Business and tech news. Amazon releases new ring car cam. In health and science news, do you need a health refresh? Well, I'm going to give you five detox drinks that you can sip on. And experts say honey is better than sugar. In sports news, Bill's safety Damar Hamlin was released from the hospital one week after the cardiac arrest. And the Bills reach agreement with NFL and NFPLA to pay Damar Hamlin full salary despite being on IR. In Believe It or Not stories, a New Jersey woman sentenced to three years in prison for rolling homeless veteran GoFundMe scam and internet records for the husband of a missing Massachusetts woman show that he searched for how to dispose of a body. In entertainment news, Dr. Dre successfully gets rep Marjorie Taylor Greene booted from Twitter over misuse of his music. And Keisha Kaor provides receipts and defends Gucci Mane, after all, that's her husband, after Big Scar's family claimed the rapper ghosted them, leaving, well, leaving them to worry about the funeral costs for their relatives. And she's saying, leave my husband alone. Which leads to the question, whose responsibility is it to bury the dead? Is it your employer or is it the family's responsibility? I'm going to talk about that coming up in a little bit. But before we get into that, let's bump, bump, bump. We sending this one out to all the ladies all over the world. All the ladies all over the all world. All my sexy mamas. Come on, come on, come on. As now. we proceed... To give you what you need, you know yeah. I like it when your body go bump, bump, bump. Bad boy, B2K, yo, oh, talk to him, player. Yeah. I like your little sexy style, love it when you're getting wild, girl in the club with me. Come over here, let me talk to you for a minute. Yeah, I gotta tell you something. Girl, you need to be in magazines with a crown on your head, cause you's a ghetto queen, like bling, bling, bling. The way you're shaking that sexy Body shaped like an hourglass To myself, uh, me and nobody uh, else can do the things we do. Maybe there is uh, something that I need from you. Come on, baby, turn around and love. let me see that sexy body go bump, bump, bump. That is all yeah. I wanna see, uh, baby. Show me, show me. Come on, show baby, me. turn around and let me see that sexy body go bump, bump, bump. The way you're doing that thing in me, come on. I can take it. Gonna have to stop teasing me while we're on this floor. Stop teasing me, baby. Yeah. You're taking it round and round. I love the way you put it down. You're making me scream for more. Give me more. Let's go. Don't stop. Come on. 
Put your two way next to mine. Baby, you need me anytime. You and me behind closed doors. Oh, you about to be my main squeeze. Take trips, cop shiny things. Girl, just come with me. Oh, oh. Now, mama, go ahead, do the damn thing. Come on, baby, turn around. Turn around. Dance for nothing, mommy. Plans to take a bomb. Get on the floor, make it bump more. Shake it, mommy. Let's ride. I'm your Clyde. You can be my bonnet. See you the type for me, mommy. So right for me, man. She can move it. Love when she dance to the music. Make me want to stand like a pool stick. Hands is the smoothest. Just a simple touch, make me lose it. Girl, that's enough. Stop moving. I bump that. I pump that. Girl, bring it to me. Bump that. I want that. Girl, sing it with me like. So let's do it again, mommy. You and a friend, mommy. Money ain't anything. Look, what I gotta spend, mommy. Put up your hands for me. That's how you dance for me. Shake it like you can, honey. Take it from your man, mommy. Yeah. 7 p.m. Eastern tonight, or this evening, it is the Rose Solo Show. Live on QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, ViscosityBlend.com. Tune in. Don't forget, set your alarm. 7 p.m. Eastern, The Rose Solo Show. What you need? You want to bang, bang, boogie with a freak? Pop bottles at my table to the beat. You better give me what I give me what I need. Hey, you, take it to the room. We can blast off, take it to the moon. We can wild out, take it to the zoo. All I want to do is zoom, 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 zoom. You and me in the backseat. Face in the trunk, you remind me of my jeans. So I have, to, I have a confession. It's, you know, I have a confession. I got to tell you this. This song. So what? I had no clue that this was Far East Movement. I learned that today. I learned that today. They don't sound like... I don't know. What you, what you want? $100 bill stack higher than the trunk. Eating real good, taking bottles out to lunch. Sleeping real good, taking vodka out to brunch. So what you, what you, what you need? Need to be swimming in women like the sea. Super hot model chicks wearing lingerie. Need to spray it down with the champagne. Me and you, take it to Didn't the Didn't he just say lingerie belongs to the moon? We can wild out. Take it to the zoo. All I wanna do is zoom, 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 zoom. You and me in the back seat. Face in the trunk, you remind me of my Jeep. Face hat low all the way to your feet. All I wanna do is beat, 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 beat. That's a club banner. They sound real good. Gotta say thank you once again. Appreciate everyone tuning in, logging on, joining me. Thank you so much. You are the best. Belvedere in the rear of the club pulled up on dubs that we about to go and buy the bar up. So, 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 so we got somewhere to be at the bottom of the hour. You have three minutes to get there. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
sharing the space to vet. All the girls in the club in their best outfit Just showing that skin, trying to make it on the spit Where you been, girl? You and your friend need to come to yeah. the back We got it locked down in your white t-shirt or a three-piece suit Don't matter what you wear, all that matters is who you with Some jiggy, some straight grind yeah. All up in the clubs to have a good time oh, hey, oh. the party. Uh, uh. Girls is on the way right up a cardiac Bottles and models talking all in that yeah. No, I can't forget about my love Where the party at? Uh, 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 the uh, Let me hear you say Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at me Media Moments on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, Moments with me media. I'm Moments with me, and you're listening to Coffee and Dough World News on the Go. After this one from Nina Diaz, Salsa, we're gonna get into the business. Nina Diaz, la Salsa. I got the sauce, yeah. I got the, I got the salsa. Niña dicen en la salsa. I got the sauce, I got the, I got the sauce. Desde que estaba chica, soy una fichita. Pura gasolina, no tu típica señorita. Chilina en Califas, fumando la chicha. All you haters can eat my salchicha. Pica que te pica, mi salsa salpica, pica. Pica que te pica, mi lengua te intoxica. Le digo que tira secret. Pero ella lo publica Tienes que apreciar una chica con cojones Que usa brasier, también trae pantalones La cuestión es, ¿quién es pro en esto? Sale natural con el mínimo esfuerzo En el escenario con el estilo expuesto Escurriendo textos, conquistando el resto Muestra tu calor, yo te llevo a la habitación Voy a hacer la boca abajo, ya te guardo lo mejor Salsa Niña dicen en la salsa I got the sauce, yeah. I got the, I got the salsa. Niña dicen en la salsa. I got the sauce, I got the, I got the sauce. After en la casa, Thank you for this one, Nina. We're gonna go ahead and get started, and we're gonna kick it off in the Caribbean corner. First up, CARICOM to send observer mission to Antigua for January 18 election. The Caribbean community CARICOM announced that it is sending an election observation mission, CEOM, to observe Antigua and Barbuda's January 18 general election. The mission would be led by Josephine Tamai, Chief Elections Officer of the Elections and Boundaries Department of Belize. Tamai has previously served as Chief of Mission for General Elections held in Jamaica in 2016, the Bahamas in 2017, and Dominica in 2019, and Deputy Chief of Mission for Elections in Guyana and Trinidad and Tobago in 2015. The other team members or the other members of the team have not yet been revealed. 
CARICOM said the CEOM will meet with leaders of political parties, electoral officials, and other stakeholders of Antigua and Barbuda, and will monitor the voting process, including the opening of the poll, the casting of votes, the closing of the poll, and the counting of the ballots. The team will arrive in Antigua and Barbuda on 11 and the 15th of January and will depart on January 20. You know, I didn't know that CARICOM had a body that um, supervised, so to speak, uh, uh, elections in the islands. Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. Javette, oh my gosh, I have a hilarious story about playing tap. <laughs> Can you share? Is this the platform? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Morning, no, because when you said, did he say link? Good morning, everybody. Oh my gosh, I'm so sleepy. <laughs> you stayed up way later than me. <laughs> yep. When you said, did he just say lingerie for lingerie? My, that, that word came up on a taboo card and nobody was able to understand what they were trying to explain. So when it timed out, the player said, and she took the card and she turned it over to us and she rolled her hand across the front of it and she said, it's lingerie. You guys don't know what lingerie is? And let me tell you, we were drinking that night. So, oh my God, we must have laughed for like a good 15, 20 minutes before we told her that's lingerie. Oh and she was done. Done. Oh my gosh. So some people do unfortunately pronounce words the way they see it. That's my story. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. That but is a good one. That was the funniest thing ever. And whenever we get together, we still laugh at that. Laugh about it? Let me ask you a question, uh, Javette. What if you took someone out on a date? Nice restaurant. They got the menu. And they said, I want the fillet to make none. What would you say? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day, Javet would have corrected them in a way that they probably wouldn't appreciate it. But the current Javet would probably, after dinner, you know, let them know what it was really, how you really should pronounce it. But back in the day, I I would have, yeah, they would have been embarrassed. Oh my gosh! Rosolo says, um, "I have an emergency and need uh, to leave." Um, Geely says, "My group chat would have a day filled with laughing." <laughs> <laughs> well, it actually happened to a guy. He took this girl out to a nice restaurant because you know. She kept stressing, oh, you can't take me to any cheap restaurant. I only do fine dining. So it's like, okay, no problem. He took her out. Fine dining. She wanted fine dining. She sure got and embarrassed herself. Yeah. <laughs> but have you seen this on um, social media? I've seen it on TikTok. Not sure if it's on um, IG. I'm sure because a lot of TikTok folks have IG accounts. And they post on both platforms. But so Ling and Lam, anybody knows who they are. Love the couple. Um, so Ling is the girl, Lam is the guy. 
So she says to him, um, you know what, Rosola, behave yourself. You're in timeout. Go in the corner. Um, so she says to him, spell fat. And he says, F-A-T. She's like, okay, spell her. He's like, H-E-R. So she's like, put them together. What is it? He's like, fat her. <laughs> Y'all don't get it? Okay. What? You don't get it? Okay. No, make, make my it. ears I are still it. asleep. <laughs> 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 I'm working from home Good today, morning, so I'm everyone. literally still laying in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> you got to repeat it. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Let's do this. So, spell fat. F-A-T. Spell her. H-E-R. Okay, so put them together. Oh, father. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but he kept saying fat her, and he could not get it. And then there's this other one. Um, what is Y-E-S? Yes. Okay, so what is E-Y-E-S? And people were stumped. E-Y-E-S. U-I-E-S. E-S? <laughs> it was hilarious. I'm sorry. It was hilarious just watching people <laughs> fall over themselves on that one. And the person's like, eyes? They're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, what was I thinking? But it's funny how um, these little games can throw us off. I find them funny as heck. Yeah, it's like a little mind trick. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So... Okay, Caricom. So Caricom will be observing Antigua and Barbuda's general election on January 18. And we're going to hop on over to the Cayman Islands. Good news for them. According to Insider.com, travel writer Alessandra Dubin, or Dubin was, has named the Cayman Islands as one of the 23 best places to travel to in 2023. In placing Cayman on the list, uh, she mentioned several factors, including the new direct flight from the U.S. West Coast, the reasonable airfare, and Cayman's most famous attraction, Seven Mile Beach. Oh, so the, uh, okay, so Jamaica has a Seven Mile Beach in Negril, West End, and now, uh, I didn't know there was one in the Cayman Islands. I learned something new today. Anybody here ever been to the Cayman Islands? I've never been. I have. That's where I got that alcohol, the the big black one. Oh, okay. All right, then. I've never been. I have family there, friends there, but I have never been. And it's just a hop, skip, and a jump away. All right. A casual review of the criteria considered for other destinations in Dubin's list also reveals um, that beyond the convenience of the direct flight from L.A. to Grand Cayman, the ability to work remotely, availability of wellness activities, and uniqueness of destinations are also drivers for travelers making booking decisions. Regarding the ability to work remotely, Cayman allows persons generating $100,000 in income outside the Cayman Islands to apply to the Immigration Department for a Global Citizen Certificate permitting them to extend their travel to the Cayman Islands for up to 24 months. If the certificate is granted, the traveler's dependents may also join them in the Cayman Islands for an extended period. 
K-Man says they don't want no scrubs. So, if you ain't banking $100,000 minimum, you don't even bother wasting your time applying. Hmm. Okay, K-Man, I see you. Hmm, turning your nose up at folks like myself. But anyway, one day. Concerning wellness, the Cayman Islands has previously been promoted as a health tourism destination. Regarding this, Cayman health and wellness providers have a reasonable range of local expertise to serve the needs of those seeking an alternative to the U.S. or Central America for their health and wellness requirements. Yeah, oh, folks, start putting your coins. Well, people like me have to put my coins together. But, yeah, we are working towards in-person Labor Day weekend. So let me just put that out there. You want to, you know, be a part? Let me know. We have, what, eight months, January to August, to get our coins together, and we're going to have a good time. Um, location TBD to be determined, right? <laughs> we're going to try to make it, you know, central, so to speak. Or, yeah, we're going to figure that out as I'm here thinking about the Cayman Islands. But anyway, yeah, so Cayman Islands, one of the 23 best places to travel to in 2023, according to Insider.com. Good for you, Cayman. Good for you. Okay, next story. $91,000 in illegally imported pharmaceuticals seized in Trinidad and Tobago. A quantity of pharmaceuticals with a street value of 91200 has been seized by a specialist section of the Trinidad and Tobago Public Service, TTPS. On Monday, the TTPS section coordinated an operation that included members of the Customs and Excise Division. A shipment deemed to be suspicious was searched and found to contain 285 boxes containing 5,700 bottles of Okay, let, let's say this together. Enterogermina, E-N-T-E-R-O-G-E-R-M-I-N-A. Okay, that's the name of it, medication. So if anybody has family in Trinidad and Tobago and you're in contact with them, let them keep, you know, send them this info. Keep their eyes open. Chances are there are probably some that got away on the shelves. Um, in previous shipments. The operation follows extensive intelligence-driven investigations conducted by the Thond in the Central Division following information received in November 2022. Investigations have since uncovered the origin of the shipment, which the TTPS did not divulge. The said package was located and secured at the bond and offices of the section and the Customs and Excise Division awaited the arrival of the consignee. No one showed up to claim the package, though. Yeah, the authorities then went ahead to open and search the package, during which the illegal items were discovered. Investigations are ongoing into the matter. Somebody tipped them off to let them know, don't come for it, don't come for it, right? Yeah, um, next up. And those stories uh, were courtesy of Caribbean.news.com. So our next set of stories, courtesy of Nationwide Radio, JM.com. CPFSA failed to protect wards from man banned from interacting with minors. 
huh let me put the link for this one at the top and then we're gonna go ahead and get into it and i'm putting the link at the top for my folks on clubhouse this is to my listeners on um qmz and jano radio thank you for your patience all right so a report by the office of the children's advocate has found that the country's leading care institution the child protection and family services agency the cpfsa failed to protect female wards of the state after learning that the leader of an american charity carl robanski should not be allowed to interact with minors. In an explosive report, the Diane Gordon Harrison-led Commission of Parliament has specifically accused the CPFSA's long-standing Chief Executive Officer, Rosalie Gage Gray, of gross failure to protect minors in state care, complicity with Robanski's charity, and lying in attempts to cover up the inappropriate acts committed by him. Despite being aware of Robanski's previous suspension for inappropriate sexual conduct with a minor, the CPFSA continued its relationship with him and allowed him access to minors in Jamaica in the state care. One of the three wards of the state told the investigators that Robanski showed her his erect member on a video call and in person and inappropriately touched her on a CPFSA outing. The revelations in the 93-page report obtained by Nationwide News are bound to spark calls for Gage Gray to resign or be fired. The report has now been forwarded to Parliament. It was Nationwide News that first reported back in March 2021 the relationship between Carl Robanski's Embracing Orphans Foundation and the CPFSA. The relationship raised red flags as Robanski had had his education certificate in the U.S. suspended for two years after he admitted to having sexually inappropriate conversations with a minor. The CPFSA became aware of his misconduct in 2018. Despite this knowledge, Jamaica's leading child care agency continued its relationship with him. In defending the decision to continue the association, the executive director, Rosalie Gage Gray, reportedly testified before the children's advocate that her agency took into account the nature of the incident, whether it was a criminal conviction or professional misconduct, and the length of time that had elapsed since the incident and when it was revealed to the CPFSA in 2018. In fact, it took three years to terminate the relationship, and only after it was directed to do so by the Ministry of Education and Youth following Nationwide's reporting. ask a question <laughs> is she wrong to continue having a professional relationship with this man knowing what he was found guilty of i think that's a rhetorical question well for me at least the answer is yes 
You can't play with children. And you know, reading the story brings to mind, um, <clears throat> excuse me, brings to mind a story that was um, highlighted a couple weeks ago. And I'm not sure which media outlet out, out of Jamaica. But I remember seeing it, and I want to say it's towards the latter part of 2022, where Jamaica is somewhat of a hideout for some men who have um, cr committed crimes against children, specifically sexual crimes against children, and nobody is showing concern. Here's what I mean. They're in the country for an extended period of time. They're not naturalized citizens. So why are they there this long? They just are allowed to hang out? Who is investigating? And there was... Uh, a comment or comments were made saying the reason these men are allowed to be there is because they're Caucasian and nobody ever questions them. And they can't be around children because they're labeled, what's the term, pedophiles? Yes. But yet they will go to another country and exist freely amongst children so what are we going to do about what is the government going to do about it what stance are they going to take because here it is another foreigner and you know haiti the haitians complain about the same thing they don't want charitable organizations in their country especially going into these orphanages because all they're doing is abusing children. So who is questioning these people? Are we that, it's 2023, are we still um, frightened? We still have that mentality? Or if they're coming from overseas and worse, if they're Caucasian, it must be good. When are we going to get rid of that mindset? Treat everybody equally. Do due diligence. All of these organizations that are moving in and attaching themselves to children, I think they should go through a rigorous background check. Agreed. rigorous they should not be allowed access in any shape way or form until everything is clear now this is a dare uh, what do you call it dare staring in the headlights the information is right there he was suspended for two years because of inappropriate communications with a minor of a sexual nature that happened to him in the USA. And you're going to say because of the time that had elapsed, it's okay. That's pretty much what you're saying. Oh, you know, 
He's not like that anymore. Is that a chance you're willing to take with people who are in your care? You don't really care about the children. Good morning, Afo. Run rising, run rising. Um, yeah, to me, I found that sounds a Jamaica guy now, way back in time, you know, you know what I mean? And I feel like I, I, I would be part of these people. Call them no say Jamaica system kinda Officer, you know, just weird, <laughs> you know what I mean? But we actually have a, 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 a better word, but I mean, we're weird for right now. You're right. You know, it just all sorts of corruption and from you have a certain color or status, you can just kind of just get away with certain stuff, you know, you really get questioned. So they know about, them, and even Africa the same thing. Africa the same thing when it comes out to stuff like that. You know, when some white guy are Worse if they have money come from these other countries, the background check not get done. It's like the law just relax for them, you know what I mean? And they just come and they just do things and get away with it, you know what I mean? So Jamaica fall on the same boat, you know what I mean? So, you don't know, it, them, the government need for the something, you know what I mean? So, yeah, the government need for the something, for, for real, because it, it, it not look good. It, it not look good. the Minister of Education and whatever um, other ministry that is involved when it comes to children and especially children that are in the um, foster care system. These bodies need to see to it that they go through extreme measures, leave no stone unturned, and protect our children from these imposters, from these fraudulent people. Stop being so frightened. You're still allowing yourselves to suffer from the effects of colonization. It's as though you're still suffering from, what was it, Stockholm Syndrome? That, that's the term? Let it go. White doesn't mean right. Stop giving these people easy access because they come in with their gifts. That, that, that's how the world got conquered, you know, under false pretense. Look at what the Portuguese did to Brazil. The Spaniards were there raging war, fighting the, the, the Portuguese. Uh-uh, we're going to try a different tactic. We're going to go in there and show them nice things and, you know, make them feel good. And then we're just going to snatch Brazil from them. Open your eyes. It's time to stop being fooled by these people who do not give two craps. And okay, you do your research and you still go ahead and let them have access. And then if you see the screenshots of the messages, he has not changed. And you're going to 
defend your stance as to why he's there. Now I have to question you, Gage Gray. Where is your mind at? How much are you being paid? Now I'm looking at you as a facilitator of crimes against children. I'm sorry, there's no other way for me to put it right now. Moments. Yes, Javette. So the other thing that I have noticed with some people when it comes to people that have been accused of um, sexual abuse, there is a faction of the religious community that feels that once the person has atoned for their crime, they should be absolved. And I am of the stance that I don't think anyone can be absolved from a sexual crime. So I'm a yield right there. And I'm right on board with you, Javette. Right there with you. Especially children. Children. It, it, it's a different type of crime. It's not bank robbery. <laughs> I mean, there's so many other things, right? But that right there is it's a different type of crime. I don't know how you can be absolved of that. I don't know how your mind can can just automatically switch off from that. Pains my heart. Well, I would stand for Gage Gray being asked to resign. She does not, or she has not displayed the qualities of an effective leader. Of someone who takes her job seriously and understands the implications you are leading children who have been abandoned. You're leading children who have probably run away from home because home is not safe for them. And your job is to protect them, create a safe environment for them. But you're having them jump out of the frying pan and into the fire. When you say you're taking up a job to work with children, whether as a teacher or as a warden, overseer, dormitory house mother, whatever, children in your care, you are held highly accountable. Whatever happens to them on your watch could damage them for the rest of their lives. We have enough messed up adults in this world because their childhood was wrecked by people who made poor choices 
people who took advantage of them, people who sought to abuse them, molest them. There are many adults walking around broken who can't heal. Who are fighting each day, putting a smile on their face, pretending they're okay, all because of what was done to them in their childhood. She should be fired. Not even given the opportunity to resign, just fired and then pursue some type of legal action against her. I'm sorry, Gage Gray. I, I have zero tolerance for that. Zero. Moments, real quick. Uh, I the lady at Jamaica who run the, the, the foster care system. Yes, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, man, a long time I don't want to get fired, man. Uh, more than one time she do certain, certain things happen and people say oh, she need to get fired and thing. And she still did it. I don't mean, understand how Jamaica run when it come on to them things. Eh, As when I say, you have all sorts of crime, but when it come on to kids, yo, the kids thing is a no tolerance type of thing. And some things happen our facilities and all them something the way she's supposed to be in charge of and it's like nothing really come out of it and a year is now some stuff are happened you know what I mean and she, she, she need to get fire for real a long time yes she forget fire and and, and even other when the, like certain things that man she come up on the news and you know and people say yo the woman need to get fired yo what, what she what she really did it for what what, what purpose to serve you get me I say so a long time she forget fired man and, and just call it a deal with her Make somebody else who really seems that like they care, you know, well, not seems that like they care, who really care, um, take over. Because to me, and some things we come up in the news and fear them because I say, yo, she not serve no purpose. More time, I wonder how much money she get paid or, 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 or what? What? She have secret for somebody, you know what I mean? And she just still did it. So, I don't know. I don't know, know what Jamaica did when it come on to she, or the government did when it come on to she. But she need to go for real. How can it take three years to terminate a relationship with Robanski? And even after the relationship is terminated, was terminated rather, he continued to have access to children in the care and protection of the Jamaican state. This, despite an alleged directive that Robanski was not to have access to wards of the Jamaican state. Records indicate, records, you know, indicate, so there's proof that Robanski visited the facility known as the Father's House, which also housed minors. You want to know how many times between March 2018 and November 2019? 22 times. That's an average of one, one, one per, once a month. And during those visits, Robanski often watched movies with the vulnerable girls up until 10 o'clock at night with the lights off. Sickening. She allowed this. She is guilty, if you ask me, of crimes against children, against the minors. A lawsuit needs to be brought against her. I'm sorry. Somebody needs to defend these children. Good morning, James. Go right ahead. Yeah, good morning. Morning, everyone. Um, I don't know if you remember a case. I think it took place in Spanish Town maybe two years ago where two Americans were 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 killed. 
mission workers. Yes, so it came, it came back up in the news the other day um, because apparently what happened, they, they were caught in the community molesting um, young boys and the residents, um, people from the community um, killed them. But, you know, like, they're trying to cover it up and, and, and to say, like, um, these guys, you know, were mission mission workers and they came to Jamaica and they were doing so 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 much good and um it's it's like a, a stain on Jamaica reputation because these guys came to the country to help our our, our, our kids and end up dead. But um people in the community have a different, you know, like they, like it's almost like the media is saying one thing. And then people from the community are saying another thing that they were caught molesting young boys in the community. So, yeah, it's it's and it, it's unfortunate because like even I don't know if I think it was Montego Beer, one of those areas where they wanted to build some all boys school, one some um, church organization from America, and you know people are, are are saying no to it, like don't let them come because because of the history of of what they do to. You know, and, and that's what they do. They, they go to so-called third world countries and, and you know, go there, you know, saying that they're helping and then they, they molest and, and abuse our kids. So, yeah, the government needs to do more to protect. And it's sad because, like, um, people in the system in Jamaica are already molesting them and then they're going to let in foreigners to come and do the same thing. So, yeah, very sad. You know, James, and... As you're speaking about those crimes against little boys especially, I'm going to say this. We have to be careful the things we say when it comes to the LGBTQ plus community. And here is why. When a boy is molested and that's all he knows and he's now conditioned to think that that's the way he ought to live, we have to have some grace with him. We cannot lash out talking about getting rid of them because many of them are not there because of a personal choice. It's by force. It is because of what happened to them, their life experiences. So we have to be compassionate towards people because we don't know their story. We don't know the journey they had to take. And until we have walked a mile in their shoes, we'll never truly understand their mindset. It's okay not to condone certain things, not to agree with certain things, but we must exercise compassion. When you think that people are brainwashing children, and they're very strategic about it, James. They know what they're doing. When the mind is young like a sponge, And then you have these young men growing up, confused, struggling, battling, ashamed because of what happened to them. 
and then feeling threatened, having their lives threatened because there is no outlet for them to go and find safety and protection. Because we have a culture in Jamaica, when you listen to our songs and how people talk about how they should be dispelled. So we need to really step back and have compassion. They need to stop letting these organizations in, as I said. Do due diligence. And you're right, James. You can't have them being abused there and then having others come in and abuse them again. These children need love. Genuine love. And you know the you know the crazy thing, moments. I, I really believe that young boys in Jamaica are molested at the same level as young girls are molested. But the Jamaican system, because of the homophobic system, it's like you will never have someone who, you know, like like a Tyler Perry type figure, like someone who make it out and come and say, you know, I was molested because, you know, it, it's going to, it's like the homophobic culture. You know, so so just imagine all of these like young girls can come out and, and, and say like they were molested by their uncle or their you know father or, or next door neighbor and they can go and get help. Young boys dare not come out because if they come out is a next dose of you know bullying on top of that. Because as a young boy, you're gonna be molested, you're gonna come out and say, I was molested, and then you know you're going to be called like homosexual, you're going to be called like fish, you're going to be called everything, like even though it's not, and it's, it's not, no, it's, it's, it's been happening for years. Like I started working in New Kingston when I was like 15 and like the, the, the men that you see driving, the, the, the like lawyers, doctors, like business owners driving through New Kingston at night searching for young street boys to sleep with like it's it's ridiculous and and it's happening for decades you know so like i believe that even the crime the crime that's going on a lot of these stuff contributed to, to the crime because when you're all in all these stuff and you and there's no way to, to let it out it leads to crime it leads to violence it leads to you know so that's what we're seeing happening in jamaica now you know and if you know government don't find a way to um, make it safe for like our kids to grow up in a in a safe environment, then the crime is never gonna stop. Never gonna stop. Yeah. Thank you, James. Our next story. Local government reinforces that land transactions cannot be conducted without a ministry consent. The Ministry of Local Government and Rural Development is seeking to reiterate that local authorities cannot conduct land transactions without their consent. Minister of Local Government and Rural Development, Desmond McKenzie, says that no land arrangements involving local authorities can take place without being submitted to the ministry for consideration. 
This statement follows reports that commercial transactions involving the St. Thomas Municipal Corporation on lands on which the former Yalis market was located. Mr. McKenzie says that while he is aware that the lease on the land has expired, no consideration of renewal may take place without adhering to certain processes which require the review and approval of the ministry. Our next story, PNP President to Sign Proposed Code of Conduct by the Integrity Commission. Last week, Principal Director of National Integrity Action, Professor Trevor Monroe, urged both the Prime Minister and Opposition Leader to sign the document in the interest of demonstrating their commitment to ethical conduct. The Integrity Commission says the letter containing the leadership commitment document was sent to both the Prime Minister and the Leader of the Opposition in November of last year. However, to date, neither party has signed it. Yesterday, Mr. Golding said the Integrity Commission sent him the document with no prior notice or explanation. He said while he has had the chance to review it, he will only be prepared to sign it once he has it settled with the Commission. Uh, This next story, Jamaican murder suspect held in Cayman, sent back home, courtesy of Jamaica.LoopNews.com. A woman identified by the West Kingston police as a person of interest in a murder was held in Cayman and deported last week. In December, the police listed 20-year-old Ashley Williams, a resident of Denham Town, as a person of interest among 27 people who, they said, may be able to assist them with ongoing investigations into crimes committed in the division. Williams was in the Cayman Islands on a work permit. However, her permit was revoked when the authorities in that British overseas territory found out that she was a person of interest in the murder of a Jonestown Kingston man. The woman was taken into custody on New Year's Day and escorted back to Jamaica, where she was handed over to local authorities on January 5. The young woman has been charged with the November 30, 2022 murder of 47-year-old David Rowe of Septimus Street in Jonestown. According to reports, Rowe was at his house on Septimus Street when he was accosted, allegedly by Williams and her boyfriend, Giovanni Thompson. An altercation ensued and Williams allegedly pulled a knife and stabbed Rowe several times. Thompson then allegedly pulled a gun and opened fire on the injured man. Roe was later pronounced dead at a hospital. Thompson, who was also listed as a person of interest by the police in December, was arrested in Manchester. The 22-year-old has also been charged with murder. So you see how quick Cayman work? And pack your pants on your back? Jamaica need for work the same way. Mm-mm, you gots to go. Get the heck out. You're not going to be here. Take a page out of Cayman's book, Jamaica. Our next story, Chief Justice questions use of the term violence producers, says that it is a court that determines whether a person is a criminal, not an arm of the executive. Story courtesy of Jamaica.LoopNews.com. Chief Justice Brian Sykes is questioning the increasing use of the term violence producers and has reminded that it is a court through a trial that determines whether an individual is a criminal through a conviction. Sykes made the declaration on Friday as he urged newly appointed Supreme Court judges and masters in chambers at a ceremony 
to have courage to decide cases against popular sentiments locally and amid criticisms in a high-crime environment like Jamaica. The term violence producers was used by Police Commissioner Major General Anthony Anderson on Tuesday, December 6, when he revealed during a press briefing to declare states of emergency that over 300 such persons are on the radar of the police locally. He further said that the Jamaica Constabulary Force, the JCF, has prepared intelligence packages and is actively building cases against the violence producers. But Sykes said that it is the criminal law that determines whether a crime has been committed and it is a court that determines whether a person should be branded a criminal at the end of the trial process. And that is assuming that there is a conviction. As such, he pointed out that we have a number of terms being used now, such as violence producers. We don't know who those are. Is it defined? How do we get to these expressions? And the expectations seem to be that once a particular arm of the executive defines them as such, then it is supposed to be accepted without question by the judiciary. Uh, our next story, courtesy of JamaicaObserver.com, Jampro is looking to bolster coffee export, exports. rather. Jamaica Promotions Corporation Jampro is working with key stakeholders to position the country's Blue Mountain Coffee as a luxury brand that will drive demand and increase exports. For the past five years, Jampro has partnered with the Jamaica Coffee Exporters Association, the JCEA, and the Jamaica Agricultural Commodities Regulatory Authority, JAPRA, to heighten awareness of this iconic luxury brew among indigenous coffee drinkers as well as attract a new generation captivated by a luxury lifestyle. Speaking at the official launch of Jamaica Blue Mountain Coffee Day at Cafe Blue in St. John on Monday, Jampro Vice President for Marketing, Gabriel Heron, explained that one of the things that we're trying to do and what is very important is positioning Jamaica Blue Mountain Coffee as a luxury brand. And what that means is being able to sell at grade margins and increasing demand for the product globally. With an increase in demand and a greater recognition of the flavor profile and the luxury component of the brand itself, it can only drive demand, hence improving exports. Meanwhile, Minister of Industry, Investment and Commerce, Senator Aubin Hill said, we are celebrating this day because the Jamaica Blue Mountain Coffee is really special across the world. It has gained a premium price and Japan is by far our biggest purchaser. When you go there, the people are happy to pay the price because the coffee is exceptionally good, he pointed out. Heron indicated that over the last 10 years, Jamaica has exported an average of approximately 550,000 kilograms of coffee per annum, adding that this outturn is projected to increase this year. All right, well, good for Jamaica. Great news. I just hope there is... Sign I don't even know which word to use. Um, I just want to know that the farmers are incentivized properly, Sh not shortchanged, because we can't be having this high-valued product for which there is high demand and people willing to pay. And I hope the farmers are paying attention to this article. I hope they're staying abreast of current events as it affects them. 
And I hope the message is being driven home to them that they need to stand their ground when it comes to demanding fair compensation for their product. A lot of care goes into it. It's time consuming. Needs attention. Go ahead, James. Yeah, no, I, I was saying, I was thinking that like Blue Mountain has been a premium brand for, for decades now. And I think, I think probably one of the reasons why they're trying to increase market share or whatever is simply because half of the, the, the Blue Mountain coffees, like in Europe, are not from Jamaica. So, you know, they need to, they need to, I don't know how they're going to do it, but they need to get on top of these stuff because it happens with the Aki, with the, with the Aki, with, you see, like, um, you know, Jamaican Aki with the big Jamaican flag coming from, like, um, Guatemala and Honduras and those places. And the same thing happened with the Blue Mountain Coffee. So, yeah, they, they need to do something about that because you're not going to get the true value, you know, from the coffee if, like, a lot of the coffee out there is, is not really from Jamaica. We're not benefiting from it. Such a shame. People trying to pose as Jamaicans. That's not fair to our economy. And is Jamaica cracking? Well, okay, so let me ask you a question, James. When the uh, Ministry of Industry, Investment and Commerce get wind of this, are they following through to shut it down? See to it that these... Um, fraudsters are not getting away with it are they imposing are they seeking legal action to recoup financial benefits are they doing that what is being done i don't know when years ago when the pmp was in in, in power um they talked to them about the like literally millions of us dollars like just in america alone that that um the country was losing but I don't remember who, who it was, um, which minister they were talking to, and apparently the problem is bigger than them. So I don't think they address. I don't know if if, if the, the this government um, doing anything to address it, but at that time I think they were saying it was bigger than them, and and then there there's there some stuff out there that they probably can't even touch to because, for example, like their companies. Um, in Canada, in America, that are owned by Jamaicans, or you have other people that probably own it, and, and you have some Jamaicans um, as like the head, and they will put like like fruit juice, like Jamaican, um, say like pineapple ginger, because we, we have we have a couple companies here that um, cool runnings. We have a cool the cool runnings company in Canada, and it's pretty much Jamaican stuff, but it's made in Canada. You know, so some of those stuff, I, I don't know, like it's, it's, it's a big task. And, you know, the government at the time said it was bigger than them. So I don't know if this government can do anything about it. So hold on. When, if a government is going to say it's bigger than them, it means then you're saying, oh, you know what, make it go on. There's nothing we can do about it. We're not even willing to start the ball, start rolling that ball around in, the, in court. We're just going to lay down hands throw up our arms and say, oh, it is what it is. And if that's the attitude, well, guess what? People will continue 
to do what they're doing because they realize that we're weak, spineless, not willing to put up a fight. Didn't David defeat Goliath? Didn't David defeat Goliath? And whether it's a parable or it really happened, the message is, if you believe in what it is that you believe in, set forth. Yes, you're going to have challenges. Yes, you're going to have obstacles. But if you believe and you stand firm on that belief that you ought to be benefiting from what is yours and no one should be taking advantage of you, carry on. Others will fight, rally behind you. You'll be surprised. The folks who will come on board and try, you know, fight with you. But you can't give up. Because if you give up, you've already lost. And wishful thinking does nothing. Absolutely nothing. All right, our next story. Um, let me let me put the link up here on uh, Clubhouse for this one. Um, I remember, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, I remember there was um, dialogue around this uh, here um, as it relates to Paul Bogle and a picture. Whose photograph is it? Is it Paul Bogle or is it Thomas L. Jennings? Fresh concerns arise about authenticity of Bogle's photo, despite some saying it is the Jamaican hero. Story courtesy of Jamaica.loopnews.com. The photograph of Jamaican national hero Paul Bogle is generating another round of controversy and discussion on social media following a video that is being circulated on popular social media platform TikTok. There are calls for the Jamaican government to establish once and for all whether the image that Jamaicans have known for years is, in fact, that of Paul Bogle. For years, the widely used photograph of Bogle has been the same photo that has been used by the international press for Thomas L. Jennings, an African-American inventor, tradesman, entrepreneur, and abolitionist who lived in New York City. Jennings had the distinction of being the first African-American patent holder in history after the right was granted in 1821 for his novel method of dry cleaning. Jennings was born on January 1, 1791 and died on February 13, 1856, while Bogle was born in 1822 and was hung on October 24, 1865 on the premises of the St. Thomas Courthouse, one of some 500 persons who died during or shortly after the Morant Bay Rebellion that year. Poverty and injustice in the society at the time, as well as lack of public confidence in the central authority, are said to have caused Bogle to lead a pivotal protest to the Morant Bay Courthouse on October 11, 1865. Interestingly, a simple search for the name Jennings on Google will reveal the photograph that has become associated with Bogle, who was conferred with the Order of the National Hero in Jamaica in 1969. So it was no surprise that many TikTok users were left in both shock and amusement last week after a video on the platform created by at MeanTeam25 
showed American comedian, television host, and actor Steve Harvey showing a photograph supposedly of Paul Bogle as Thomas L. Jennings. The portion of the video highlighting Jennings was from a 2020 episode of the Steve Harvey show in which he focused on moments in black history. Like in 2020, Jamaicans were again in shock to see the photograph they have come to know of Bogle on the screen being dubbed as that of Jennings. The creator of the TikTok video stated, I need to know who made the mistake here, the Steve Harvey show or the entire country of Jamaica. At the end of the video, the creator showed a Google search of websites attributing the photograph to both Bogle and Jennings. The video has so far been viewed over 12,000 times, shared over 9,000 times with more than 2,000 comments. Thomas Jennings is Paul Bogle, but after finishing his hero job in Jamaica, he crossed the Mexico border to the U.S. and had to change his identity to get his papers, wrote a TikTok user, and clearly they were being sarcastic. Another writer wrote, or another TikToker wrote, a two sister picnic them. One did live a foreign and one did live a Morant Bay. Them favor bad because of two first cousin. And another note, being more serious, someone else commented, somebody called the Jamaica government. The government is yet to address and correct this. Someone said Jamaica made a mistake. Steve is right. So, who are we looking at, in fact? And how do we establish who this person really is? How do we know? Is it Paul Bogle or is it Jennings? Who are we looking at? Only only family would be able to establish that. And that's if from generation to generation, his picture has been passed through the family tree. Hmm. Well, there's a 2018 article, Javet, um, that says the story in 1959 said in a W.G. Ogilvy. Well, said A.W.G. Ogilvy, a member of the Jamaica Historical Society at the time, had discovered a tiny type photograph and had attributed ownership of it to a Reuben Ewan of Spring Garden, a village located above Stony Gut in St. Thomas. Bogle lived in both places. It added, Ewan's mother was a Bogle and his maternal grandmother was a niece of Paul Bogle. His mother and his granduncle, Paul Bogle's nephew, assured him that the image in the photo was, in fact, that of Paul Bogle. So then who's Thomas L. Jennings? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. I don't know what to say. I really don't know because... You know what that leads to for me? Um, Javed, another question of the faces that we're seeing of people from centuries ago. Is that what the people really look like? 
I already know where you're going with this. I don't know. So due to the slave trade, we probably never really know. Yeah. Probably will never know. Oh, boy. Good news, though. Here is some good news. A young scientist from St. Thomas creating waves through innovation. At age 34, University of the West Indies chemistry lecturer, Dr. Peter Nelson is creating waves in the field of science and technology. His life's work has focused on inventing diagnostic and analytical tools, sensors, from systems and compounds with applications for both the health and productive sectors. This earned him the Scientific Research Council's 2022 Young Scientist Technologist of the Year Award. One of Dr. Nelson's groundbreaking sensors detects the presence of lead in water, while the other emits a color change based on the level of copper in urine. Lead is a neurotoxin. It can damage almost every organ in your body. So if we can detect that in your drinking water, then we can tell you that, look, maybe you don't want to drink this, he explained. The health sector's utilization of Dr. Nelson's innovation can be studied from the perspective of the Flint water crisis in the United States, in which at least 12 people died. Dozens more sickened, partially due to exposure to dangerous levels of lead in the public water supply. Additionally, he highlights research articles, which prove without a doubt that lead has a deleterious, and I hope I said that right, deleterious or deleterious impact on the cognitive development in children, their mathematical abilities, and reading comprehension skills. It also causes them to be very aggressive. Regarding the copper sensor, Dr. Nelson explained that excess amounts of this element in the body could cause Wilson's disease which results in kidney and or brain damage or arthritis. We're here for it. Let me, let me give him his flowers. Good job, young man. May you continue to make an indelible mark in the field of um, science and technology. And may others be inspired to follow in your footsteps. Good job. All right. And that story wraps up our stories out of the Caribbean corner. Going to take a quick break. When we return, we have stories out of Latin America and the international Cool with, yeah, yeah, you know I'm always on that cool. 
walk to it, do it how you do it. Have a glass, let me put you in the mood. In. Little cupid, looking like a student. Long hair with your big fat booty. Back in the days, you was the girl I went to school with. Had to tell your mom or sister to cool it. The girl wanna do it, I just might do it. Hit her off with some pimp, pimp fluid. Mommy, don't worry, I won't abuse it. Hurry up and finish so you can watch Clueless. I laugh at these kids when they ask who do this. But everybody know who, girl, that you is. See my baby bullshit, I get foolish. Smack a nigga that tries to pursue it. Homeboy, she taking just move it. I asked you nicely, don't make the dog lose it. We just blow drove and keep the flow moving. In a six four, me and baby boo cruising. Body ragging, teary, get blue and had him hydraulic squeaking when we screwing. Now she's yelling, hollering out, snooping, hooting, hollering, hollering, hooting. Black and beautiful, you the one I'm choosing. Hair long and black and curly like a Cuban. Keep grooving, that's what we do, and then we gon' be together until your mom's moving. To all of our listeners, logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. And thank you to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. Keep it locked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from the car to the bar, from the bar to the telly, from your neck to your bra, your bra to your belly. And she know yeah. where PD go, uh-huh. F the ego, oh. catch me below. Her belt like a foul boxer, she a freak but she sweet so I can't knock her. Can't knock. I just push her legs back till uh. she propped up, yeah. tongue hover singing high notes like an opera. And I don't waste a drop till I taste the spot, give you chills but I make it hot. Watch, I'ma prove in time, I'ma make you lose your mind in a lingua. Smooth as mine, and I never question what hun do. When she meet me, she knock on door 112 from the 404 to 212. You got peaches and cream, my where's my school? Come on, let me tell you what I wanna do. Let me show you that I've been to you. Wanna sex, wanna ride with you. Wanna taste, wanna put my lips all over you. Can't get enough of you. Always aching of you. So sweet, so very wet. So good, girl, you make me sweat. But I'm talking about peaches and cream. Know what I mean? Peaches and cream. I need to catch you moving on my feet. Getting freaky on my feet. Girl, you taste so good to me. Oh, oh. I never thought that I would be so addicted to you. On top, underneath, on the side of you. Better yet, baby, inside of you. Let the way you're just flowing down. And I can feel it all around. In the front, in the back of you. Ooh, I love the taste of you. Girl, you know what I'm talking about.
know what I mean? Just let me stay. Girl, you know I can't get Thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. Thank you so much for rocking with me every day. I appreciate you. Ain't got nothing to prove, and you can ask anybody because they seem to do it. Barricades, I run right through them. I'm used to them. Throw all the dirt you want. No use. Still won't have a pen up in a fabulous room. Coming up later on this evening, 7 p.m. Eastern, it is the Rose Solo Show. Live on QMZRadio.com, JohnnoRadio.com, and ViscosityBlend.com. Chicken here that I can't have. Bada boom, bada bam, bada bam. Thank you once again to everyone tuned in online. You are listening to Coffee Into World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, where I, Moments With Me, read the news and we, my clubhouse crew, share our views. Follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, Moments with Me Media. And the mean everything is am i and it is time for us to get back to business and our next story is out of the Latin corner. Story courtesy of the Associated Press. Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador said Monday in the lead up to this week's summit of North American leaders that he would consider accepting more migrants than previously announced under President Joe Biden's plan to turn away people from foreign nations who cross illegally into the United States. 
We don't want to anticipate things, but this is part of what we're going to talk about at the, su at the summit, Lopez Obrador said. We support this type of measures to give people options, alternatives. He said, adding that the numbers may be increased. Jake Sullivan, Biden's national security advisor, cautioned that nothing was decided yet. What we need to see is how the program announced last week works in practice. What if any adjustments need to be made to that program? And then we can talk about taking the next steps, he said. The comments were a reflection of the highly sensitive negotiations about migration, which will be a central issue during the two-day summit involving Biden, Lopez Obrador, and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. All three nations are struggling to handle an influx of people arriving in North America, as well as crack down on smugglers who profit from persuading migrants to make the dangerous trip to the U.S. Other issues on the table include climate change, energy, and supply chains. In our next story from the international scene, we head to the continent. Gabon names first female vice president and new prime minister. The new vice president, vice president, the first woman to hold the position in Gabon, was previously prime minister and defense minister. Story courtesy of aljazeera.com. Gabon's president, Ali Bongo, has appointed the country's first female prime minister, Rose Christiani Asuka Raponda, and I hope I said, I didn't butcher her name, to the role of vice president and named a new prime minister to replace her. His secretary general said the announcement were made on Monday. Former Defense Minister Raponda, 59, who had been appointed premier in July 2020 after her predecessor stepped down. Okay, there's no damn way this woman is 59. Hold on. Y'all tell me. She's no 59. Unless I need to put my glasses on. Hold on a second. What's she eating over there? Um, Can we bottle it and sell it? What the heck she do? She does not look, you, am I seeing right? But she does not look like 59 to me. I don't plan to look like 59 when I get there either. How old she look like to you? No, for real though. How old does she look? I'm looking at her face. Girl, whatever you're doing, keep doing. You look good. Anyway. Probably, probably I'll work out and I'll eat healthy, man. I'll eat, <laughs> eat the right food and I'll work out. Yeah, well, this lady not, um, over here as well. Um, my wife knows her still. She write a book. Uh, she was in her 70s. And if you see her, yeah, you wouldn't never believe that she has 70s. Trust me. Yeah, never. Uh, don't believe, say, when her sons might try to go off her and all that stuff. The way she looks. <laughs> yeah, man, like real talk. She, she's work out, she eat healthy. Um, she have a, a one of vegan restaurants. Um, she write what 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 the book name? What the the, the, the lady write? Um, what is the book? Heal um, thyself. Uh, heal heal thyself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I've, heard of, I've heard yes. of that book. I've heard about that book. Yeah. Yep. Uh, heal yeah with this lady. Queen of Yep. Here you go. Queen of Four. Yep. Yeah, man. Wow. This woman looks good. Raponda, fifty nine. I need to talk to you. I'm not hating on her, Donnell. I am not hating. I am loving her. Absolutely. Wow. 
Yeah, anyway, um, former Defense Minister Raponda, 59, who had been appointed Premier in July 2020 after her predecessor stepped down, will now assist the head of state, through the, though the position does not allow for an interim role as president. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm not hating. I just want her to um, tell me whatever. Look at her hands. Her hands don't even... Damn, my hands are all wrinkly. I'm looking at her... <laughs> And her hands are smooth. Oh, oh correction moments. Um, Tassili, yeah, the little man that was named uh, Tassili. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Bonga. Yeah, I'm putting you on a pedestal. You are my um. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you're doing, I want to do. That's all I must say. Absolutely beautiful. Um. Next story. <laughs> We're back in North America. Okie dokie. So, first story out of North America, courtesy of CNN. Thousands urged to flee their home as more severe weather wallops California, pushing the death toll to 14 in recent storms. A powerful storm is moving into Southern California after forcing thousands to the north to evacuate, prompting dozens of water rescues, causing widespread damage and bringing to 14 the tally of people killed in the state's most relentless weather. More than 11 people, 11 million people rather, in western Los Angeles, San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara, and Ventura counties are under a flood warning early Tuesday, while some 34 million people across California, about 10% of all Americans, are under flood watches as the risk of mudslides also shifts to the LA and San Diego areas. Uh, is Drain here? I hope he's not affected in any way. I really hope not. He... No, he's not here. Okay, he's not here. All right, thank you, thank you. Um, so Nat, you're not getting any rain because you're, you're north, so you're, 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 you're good. No, I'm getting a lot of rain. Oh, you are? Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not in the LA basin, so I'm not getting that flooding. Um, it happened in different parts. <clears throat> Good morning. My voice sounds like this this morning. I woke up with a sore throat. Oh no. Um, yeah, it'll be okay. Things happen. Um, they've been flooding. They've been. They've been all over San Francisco, the Bay Area, Sacramento is under a lot of trouble. Um, Santa Cruz is a beach area, like Santa Monica. It is. It's got lots of flooding, but we're not getting this storm. Although this morning it sounded like there were cats um, hitting um, the side of my windows because wow. it was coming down so hard. But luckily, I live on a slight incline, so I I don't get the flooding. But the people who are down in the in the you know at the bottom of the hill, they're getting it, unfortunately. Yeah, this is so sad. I'm gonna pin the link at the top, uh, Sonette. Um, I invite folks to look at it and you'll see the damage that has been done to some roads. This is ridiculous. Yeah, we, we're just urging everyone um, in California, in those areas to just be safe. If you click on the link and scroll through, these roads are done, literally. Okay. Hmm. Um. Before I move forward, I missed a comment in the chat from Donald, a question rather. How is Mexico benefiting from the migrant crisis? 
Um, what are the industries in Mexico that would allow them to be besides drugs? That would allow there's manufacturing, automobile manufacturing, right? Um, there's farming. What what other industries are there in Mexico? Let me jump on Google. Because my thing is, if you're going to agree to keep migrants there, we want to know that they're going to be able to make a living and be better off than they were in their country and be okay there, right? Because the U.S. is not the best place for everybody. Let, let's be frank about it. There are many people who have, who pined to come to the U.S., and ended up leaving on their own accord and have gone to other countries because they realize it's not for everybody. Not for everybody. So Mexico may very well be a great option for some folks, especially if they already speak the language. Um, let me see something here. I'm on Google. But Go right ahead. Mexicans... But aren't Mexicans coming here? So what migrants are we speaking of? The four, the um, Haitians, Nicaraguans, Venezuelans, and the Cubans. Oh. Those uh, four. Haitians, Mexico? Uh, okay. Why? Why not? There are many. Okay, hold on now, Afro. Remember, let let let's let let's travel to the other side of the world for a second. We don't have to go over there. You have Haitians who... um speak Spanish. Oh, I'm, I'm not worried about what they speak. I'm not worried about the language. Um, they speak English, Spanish, and French, and Creole. You know, all that right. But nobody is aware. I mean, America does the same thing still, but um, come on to black folks in um, Mexico. It's, yeah, it, 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 it's not a pretty sight. I mean, we already know the history, like what Colombia tried to do as well, and other South American places. When they come on to black people, especially since uh, they come from a different country and they come over there as immigrants, it, it, yeah, but I, I mean, I, again, America does the same thing, but it, it can kind of, what's it not, it can kind of, let you know what, what but, to you, let, but, let, let me let me ask you a yeah, question though. Go ahead. Um, I wouldn't knock it because what if it's an it's a turning point for Mexico? What if this is an opportunity for them to look at things differently? Go ahead, Donald. Um, we we talk about the Cations and the Cubans and these people, but I would like to let people know that the Ukrainians, the Russians. Mexico is just an entry point. You'll be surprised. Jamaican come to the Mexico border. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's Haitians and Venezuelans and so on. There are people that fly to Mexico to cross the border. So based on my understanding of the statement, there, ha there is definitely an entire industry running this migrant crisis thing. Like there, is, there has to be tangible benefits. Why else would you keep tolerating it? Because you would not, as a government, support something that puts you in a negative position consistently. So there has to be some positive outcomes for Mexico as a country from that, regardless of what image they want to portray of, of 
Mexico and the migrants on the media. Other than that, as a president, you would not be sanctioning or publicly speaking to increasing the capacity of transitioning people if there is no benefit or if there is an, a, a net, um, a negative impact on your country. The net effect is negative. I can't see that as a policy. You, you understand? From that level. So I'm saying there has to be something that is beneficial and not like really beneficial to Mexico of these things. I'm not sure it's maybe the majority of people coming, we, we may say their thing there, like the, the poor people who just come with the mules, but maybe the influx of flights and whatever it else is coming in, there has to be some tangible data, tangible data. Unless he makes those statements to, to strengthen his negotiating power with, with Canada and the US when they meet, but I don't think so. I think there has to be some benefit to Mexico. And um, contrary to what a lot of people believe, yes, Mexico has its job problem and stuff like that. But there are people in Mexico living well. Uh -huh. And the average Mexican, I don't go through that. There are areas like everywhere else. You understand? But Mexico is a pretty stable, has a pretty good economy when you look at the economy in Mexico. I just they're, pulled it up, Donald. They're not, they're not that poor. I, I pulled it up. I pulled it up. Great point. So let me give you a rundown about a little me about Mexico. Um, population. 128,649,565. And that's as of 2020. GDP. 2022 reports. $1.42 trillion. GDP rank. 15th. GDP growth. In 2021 went up 4.8%. Uh, GDP by sector, agriculture, 3.6%, industry, 31.9%, services, 64.5%. Right? Population below poverty as at 2018 went down, um, and this is a population in poverty, went down. 41.9%. Huh. Um, labor force, their employment rate is 57.6%. Labor force by occupation, 13.4% in agriculture, 24.1% in industry, 61.9% in services. Okay. What are their main industries? Food processing, bear, soft drinks, auto components, automobiles, electronics, chemicals, iron, steel, petroleum, mining, textiles, clothing, motor vehicles, consumer durables, tourism. Exports of 2019 totaled in excess of $491 billion. What were they manufacturing that was exported? Electronics, vehicles, auto parts, oil and oil products, silver, plastic. Oh, I love their 925 silver. Silver, plastics, fruits, vegetables, coffee, cotton. Main export partners, the U.S., 80.3%. Canada, 2.7%. China, 1.5%. Spain, 
another 1.5%, Brazil, 1.2%. They import approximately $467 billion worth of goods as well. Yeah. Um, they're not bad off. You see, media, again, plays a huge role in the perception that is created. Go ahead, Donald. Go right ahead. So if you just look at just simply two metrics from what you said, right? The percentage of people in poverty, in, under the poverty line, right? Increased by 50% or decreased by 50%. So half the people that was there, okay, is no longer there. And you're talking about around 2018, 2019. Okay? Mm -hmm. Your GDP grow by 5% in a single year. 5% GDP. That's huge. Okay? So there has to be something that is working for them. And this migrant crisis has to be adding something mm -hmm. outside of just the normal metrics for them to be for the president to be embracing it i'm just saying i don't have any facts but i just saying logically do you, do you think there is a, a kickback a financial kickback i don't i don't i don't think it's a black market um anything for the black market economy um i don't think it's something where they benefit directly it could be financial growth where the influx of money coming in because people passing through, even if you might be poor people, whatever, the mules, whoever take you through, has to have money to probably get plane tickets in that case, is transport, local transportation to buy food, whatever. So that could, there could be some economic activity around the travel and everything that goes, the supplies and stuff. But I don't think it's a case where somebody's getting money to put in their pocket. I don't think it, at that level, I don't, that cannot affect your numbers. Okay. From where I'm looking at it from. You understand? So it mm -hmm. has to be something that they're looking at in their metrics that is positively influencing the economy hmm. or influencing them positively in some area or some way that it gets to the point where the president is saying, okay, we need to increase this. Hmm. Okay. That's just how I'm looking at it because he's looking at, these are policy statements, right? So he's looking at changing the policy to accommodate more migrants. Think about that for a while. You're looking to change your policy to accommodate more migrants. This yeah. is not putting through a batch of people or taking a group for two months or three months. You're looking at a policy change. Thank you much. I oh sorry, can't Nah, Island. Thank you, Donald. Thank uh, you. So I think you might they might try for like putting back with them last, cause Mexico, uh, them always are trying to cross the Mexican border. You know what I mean? The more citizens always are trying to flee Mexico to go to the U.S. Uh, you know what I mean? So they think it's a way to put back in, so get back some citizens to replace the ones that were fled the country. I don't know. That's a thought. But which ones are fleeing the country, though? Just like in any other country, which group usually, for the most part, are the ones fleeing? And, and that is my question as well. 
why are people leaving? Is it because of what they say in the media, the drug cartels? I think that's what it is. Yeah, what can I leave That's that? the greatest influx of maybe their monetary gain in that country. Because why would so many people be leaving? As right now, you know, war going over this, all right now, as we speak, you know. But it's not the entire oh, no, Mexico. No, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's know? not the entire Mexico. You know, uh, Mexico huge, very huge. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, I'm not talking about some part of Texas. Is Mexico, but yeah. Um, but um, it's all the, yeah. But yeah, some war going over there again. Not the whole part, but the the, the cartels, them they are over, all over of Mexico, them there. More time if you watch some documentary, you might tell about the cartels and the influence of the cartels. Yeah, I don't know, normal. So, I worry for people, even some of the, the persons then where you say flee, flee the country, or who get interviewed, who's still over there, them, them tell you, say, yo, you know, it, they wouldn't do anything to leave. You know what I mean? They wouldn't risk it just to leave because yeah, the, the cartel and Good morning, Chief. I saw Chili and Chief trying to come off their mics. Okay, so we're going to go Chief and then Chili. Okay, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Chief. We, uh, we, <clears throat> so we have to go back to the Bush era, Bush second, Bush, Bush Jr. Mm -hmm. You have to go back to that era and look at the the destabilization of these countries that they're fleeing from. Most of these people we're talking about are not naturalized Mexico citizens. They're coming from other places like Venezuela, Nicaragua, you know, different places like that. And we have to put that into perspective. You know, the destabilization of a country is what creates that, that type of situation. And it's not a, it's not an overnight process, right? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta deal with coups, all kinds of things that make it possible for cartels to even exist. But the real thing is, if this was such a big issue, wouldn't the interior office dissuade people from traveling to Mexico like they do Nigeria over corruption or any other African country? But they, you don't have a big, there was no big alert. I just went to Mexico not too long ago. I didn't get an alert that be careful, you know, you got these cartels, you got, I, I, you don't even get that. So why are we being convinced that that's what it is when the interior office, the state office doesn't even prevent you from traveling or even give you notice? You get more of a COVID notice update than you do about a cartel. So I think we just got to consider the, manip the manipulation that takes place and why these countries, why, this, why is this happening to these people who are fleeing their own country? What happens? Why is their country no longer stable? You know, those are the things we got to really reconsider. Thank you, Chief Chili. Go right ahead. Good morning, everyone. I don't Good know morning. if you can hear me. Yes, loud and clear. Okay. I was going to say, um, no, just a lot of stuff that everybody else was saying, because uh, I'm in Colorado right now, and then I found out that there are a lot of Mexicans here. And same thing just as everybody else. Uh, Colorado used to be a part of Mexico. Uh, Texas used to be a part of Mexico. California used to be a part of Mexico. So a lot of these places, they were here before even 
the U.S. transitioned and basically took their borders in what they call basically manifest destiny in their history books. But um, yeah, there's even a uh, Pueblo here in uh, in Colorado. There's a Trinidad here in Colorado that I didn't even know about. But um, yeah, it's just a lot of stuff. But from what I hear from the people that there's a lot of Mexicans here that I've worked in the industries with, like they say that there's a lot of corruption. So I see it as like a bigger form of Jamaica or I would say like Africa. But they tell me like a lot of their stories and everything else like that, like, oh, going back with their father or whatever. And then like their father coming back and they heard a big explosion and like, yo, what happened? It's like, oh, I went to go to the market to, you know, get some food. And then like, yeah, there was a big explosion and the cartel kidnapped somebody. And like, yeah, most of the stores don't open at 8 a.m. anymore. They open at 11 and stories of corruption, stories about like. I think one of their presidents had like a huge estate that their family had that like nobody could explain. And like, yeah. So I don't know. I would be cautious because I don't know why they want these people in the country because a lot of them are fleeing, like how they've said, because a lot of them would tell me like, yeah, it's just like Jamaica. Like you could go to some places, some cities and it's beautiful and you go to some places and it's dirt poor and they can't explain it. Hmm. Okay. Thank you. Chile. Go right ahead, Donald. I would like to see the, the numbers. I would like to see the numbers because we keep saying that a, a lot of Mexicans is free, fleeing relative to what? The population. Um, because a lot of the people that come across the Mexico border are not Mexicans. We tend to think because you're coming across Mexico border or the numbers, a lot of people coming across that border. A lot of them is not Mexicans. So I would like to see what percentage of the Mexicans. And another thing, if you're fleeing Mexico to come here, what else can you use as a more legitimate excuse other than you're running from the cartel? Based on the history of the cartels. So naturally, whether you're from an area where the cartel is active or not, you will be saying, listen, I'm running for my life. The cartel is off to me because they have a history. But I think if you really start to look into the numbers and really look at what's going on, I think we, we, it will paint a totally different story. And as Chief make the point, like if you're traveling to some, even some African countries, you know, you, you try to book a ticket or whatever, you get this alert. Oh, this is, you know, from the State Department or wherever, you should not be traveling there, be careful, there's unrest, you understand? Yeah, and in some, some of the places are not even as bad. But people go to Mexico every time, you go to Cancun, you go to where, there is no alert. So what is really going on? is the question. I think the narrative that they're selling us, I don't think that's the reality. That's just my opinion. All right. Thank you so much. Go ahead, Afo. Quick question. Uh, right. Yeah. All right. So we know say El just captured war going right now between the military and the cartels, right? Uh, the last time, the last time, well, the last time that I checked, it was about 29 people dead. And the last time I talked to my bridging, he must have, when he, the last time he heard it was like about 30, 30, 30 something people did know from and they were not sure the videos on the ground or the cartel and the make um the cartel and the military a, a, a fight a shoot it out and thing. Uh wherever in Mexico that is taking place. Sinaloa. Sinaloa. Is people getting um travel alert, said so go to Sinaloa are places nearby to Sinaloa. Uh, uh, people get alert for that because, uh, you know, 
you know, I think something big like that are going um, everybody knows about the Mexican cartels alert should not take place and for neighboring cities where tourists might go to or people might travel to you know, things are going to get alert I mean look for look at Jamaica where I go on a look at Shoto going on a community, community now Montego Bay and the US are sending out too much alert you get me uh, so <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, people get alert for that, say yo, those of Sinaloa are nearby communities, um, cities near Sinaloa or, or, or anything like that. Alright, so um, I jumped online, uh, www.migrationpolicy.org, so I came across this on Google. Mexican immigrants in the United States, and this article was written October 13, 2022. While Mexicans remain the largest group of immigrants in the United States, accounting for about 24% of the 45.3 million foreign-born residents in the country as of 2021, their numbers have been shrinking for more than a decade. The COVID-19 pandemic seems to have slowed this decline somewhat, and the public health crisis also may have played a role in returning Mexicans to the top nationality for, for new arrivals, outpacing those from China and India for the first time in several years. In 2021, there were about 10.7 million Mexican-born individuals living in the United States. Despite the continued popularity of the United States as a destination, the Mexican immigrant population decreased by about 1 million people, or 9%, between 2010 and 2021. Between 2005 and 2014, the number of Mexicans leaving the United States outpaced the number of new arrivals, although this trend later reversed. And that's according to Pew Research Center estimates, with the number of returns to Mexico falling. For several years, starting in 2013, Mexico ceased to be the top country of origin for new immigrants to the United States, overtaken by India and China. However, Recent data suggests that during the pandemic, Mexicans have again become the largest new immigrant group amid widespread restrictions on mobility, particularly for people traveling long distances. Among U.S. foreign-born residents who in 2021 reported that they lived abroad a year before, 96,000 were Mexican as compared to 76,000 Indians and 56,000 immigrants from mainland China. Mexicans also received the largest number of overall non-immigrant visas, including, in particular, temporary worker visas ahead of China and India in both fiscal year 2020 and 2021. Similarly, Mexicans are the top recipients of lawful permanent residence, also referred to as obtaining a green card. 107,200 Mexicans received a green card in 2021, compared to 93,500 from India and 49,800 from mainland China. Most Mexicans receiving lawful permanent residence um, in fiscal year 2021 already lived in the United States and were just adjusting from in another status. Um, Donnell, how you feel about those numbers? Yeah, but like as they're saying, like there was has been a reduction. 
And okay, it seemingly had a bump during the pandemic because guess what? The Chinese and the Indians couldn't come. But if you, if you, if you listen to the data overall, it does not seem to be a trend where the number of Mexicans coming here increasing. On the contrary, it has been decreasing for the last 10 years. But the number of people coming through the border is possibly increasing. They're just not Mexicans. Mexicans, right. So um, that's why it led me to ask what business it is. How is Mexico benefiting from all these people coming through the borders? Because if their numbers are not the ones making up the majority, then they are benefiting in some way because they're enabling it. Mm-hmm. Why are they enabling the transitions or the transshipments, however you want to term it? You understand? Because the data you said where more Mexican has been going back, I saw that data a couple of years ago, a couple of months ago, showing that a lot of Mexicans in the U.S. is moving back to Mexico and find it more palatable to be there. Mm-hmm. You understand? The whole cartel drug violence except in recent times has basically flattened out a bit you know and it's not as bad as it used to be yes it's still bad but it's not as bad as it used to be so the question is who is benefiting so i don't think contrary to what people think that all this mexican mexican coming across the border i don't think that is true and they naturally should be the, the biggest immigrant group because a large percentage of America belongs to Mexico in the first place. In the first and place. And, and they're just across the border. And not only that, they fuel a lot of the industry. A lot of the agricultural uh, stuff that we get in supermarket is farmed in the U.S. by legal Mexicans that come to work on the work. farms and so on and go, and go back. Or yep. a, a large percentage might stay. But based on the synergy between the U.S. and Mexico, they naturally should be the largest um, immigrant population. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So I don't, f- I think what is portrayed in the media is a misrepresentation of the facts. Yeah. Yeah. That's just my opinion. I- I'm there with you. I'm right there with you. Um, Yeah, many of, what is it, thousands come across every day to go to work and to go to school. And go back home. So there are Mexicans who don't want to live in the U.S. But because of geography, location, the metropolis that they're closest to, it suits them to come over to the U.S., which is their, you know, that part of the country. And they're, they're usually based in the southern states. So they're just coming to work in what was once their land, but, you know, through history. <laughs> uh, quick question, moments. What, what yes. You, you, U.S. dollars work a lot in Mexico. Uh, let me jump to. I'm not sure, but uh, let me see what their exchange rate is. Hold on one second. I'll look it up for you. What they use? Peso. Uh. Yeah, but the U.S. dollar is still a global currency, regardless where you go, for the most part. True, true. Uh, yeah, they use pace and it works a lot. Okay, yeah, so we're not doing the same thing then. So, uh, one to answer your question, Afo, one US dollar is the equivalent of 19.12 Mexican pesos. Mm, 
I don't understand their money, so I'm not even going to try to wrap my head around it or pretend to, wrap, <laughs> pretend to understand their money. I don't. Right? I think they use pesos, so, yeah? I don't know. Ooh, Jamaican dollar, 152.36 to 1 yeah, US dollar. Mm, even okay. at 20 to 1, it's not a bad rate compared to a lot of the rates you get, you know? It's weaker than the US dollar, but 20 to 1 is not bad. Yeah, that's not. Mm. That's, yeah, because the money work more over there, you know what I mean? Or work a little bit more than the regular uh, Mexican currency. And have the access would like just come across the border, work, and then go back home. Go back nice, home, yeah. Real nice place. Which is what I mean, Dre is saying yeah. in the chat, I thought that most Mexicans don't want to live in the U.S. They just work and go back yeah. home. And Andre also pointed out... Um, that Mexico has its areas just like anywhere else that are rough, and you also have your more wealthy true, states. True, true However, just like anywhere else, like just like here in the US, it is very dangerous if you're hanging with the wrong crowd or if you live in the wrong neighborhood. So, what's the big difference? You see, media, I, I, I will stand on this media has a lot to do with how we feel about other countries without having experienced it and what we tell we we come from a lot of us um who come from jamaica you know it's a certain place you just don't go there are certain places in the states you would never catch my foot in not gonna happen because you just know you stay out it is what it is yeah don't get it twisted though it's 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 when it get dangerous there yeah, man. Don't get it get to it. Hold, hold on, Afo. I have a friend. Um, he's American, Mexican. And I don't know what flying to him. <laughs> he went back. Well, he he bought a lot of property um, in Mexico and stuff. And he went to, I think they're from Guadalajara. And was like, it's not coming back. And he started visiting the U.S. This, this is the American. And he's there. And like a year and a half, he came back. And I wanted to go to Tijuana. I said, and he was like, let me come with you. I was like, wow, just going across the border. And he was like, listen, I'll send someone with you. I'm like, what happened? He said, you know why I came back? He said he went to a restaurant. And there was like some shooting happened at the restaurant. People died. And he said, literally, they just clean up everything. They pick up the bodies, clean up everything. And he said, like, in an hour, everybody was at the restaurant just eating like nothing just happened. <laughs> and he was, like, never in America. He was terrified. Sounds like Chicago. Sounds yeah. like Chicago to me. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, he was terrified. He was, like, he saw some stuff. But then again, it's your crowd. Don't hang in the wrong crowd. If you're, if you're involved in drugs and stuff like that yeah it's it's not the place for you and um a lot of these a lot of these um people that don't want to go back they really come from like destitute area but there's people over there with a lot of money that would never come to america and there's a lot of them that work just like we used to do it in jamaica would come we'll work and then build them house in mexico and whatever and go back home so i mean there's good and bad everywhere right everywhere yeah, 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 yeah. Can you imagine the perception? Because I'm imagining myself living outside this country. 
Can you imagine watching on the news, people storming the Capitol building and calling for the death of the United States president or vi I'm sorry, vice president. Can you imagine if anybody should be afraid <laughs> of any place, <laughs> like you go into the most sacred place in the nation and the next day it's business as usual. <laughs> I mean, seriously, can you imagine yeah. that? Like we're the civilized nation. Mm -hmm. trying to civilize other nations, mm -hmm. critiquing other people, crit critiquing violence in another person's country. Yet we go and invade the most sacred place, according to American standards, on the, in, the, in the United States of America. Storm the building as if <laughs> it's a righteous movement and it's the most violent, virile thing we've ever seen since the Civil War. <laughs> Man. Thank you for making me laugh. Yeah. Thank you for making me laugh. Thank you. Go right ahead, Javette. So I used to vacation in Cancun every year. My daughter was two or three at the time, and we were in the market. And I had given her a little peso. It was a five-cent peso. And next thing I knew, she didn't have it anymore. So... I realized that she swallowed it. Now, my daughter never would put anything in her mouth, so I'm not even sure why she put this in her mouth. So it was me and a girlfriend, and it was a group of my college friends. And we got on a bus, and the bus took us to the nearest hospital. So when I get to the hospital, I can't tell you even the name of the hospital. I just know I was in Cancun. When I get to the hospital, they didn't want to take my insurance. Basically, they took my daughter back into the room to give her an x-ray. And me and my girlfriend was sitting in like a waiting room area. In the back of the waiting room area, there was a table of five or six Mexican men. It was a circle table, just like kind of how you see in the movies, right? Uh -huh. So <clears throat> they came back out and they said, yes, the peso was in her throat but it was laying to the side. So she was able to breathe a little bit, but they said that they wouldn't take my insurance, that they would only take cash. And I don't remember how much cash they needed and they only wanted US dollars. So I'm sitting at the table, not knowing what to do. We called the American embassy, right? And the American embassy was basically like, well, we have to, you know, call different people to find out what's going on. Is there any way you can get money, right? So, wait, actually, no, that didn't happen. We went back to the hotel first. My girlfriend went back to the hotel and everybody started putting money together, right? So we're sitting there and they're trying to get money to me. One of the cell phones of the men sitting in the corner rang. He brought the cell phone over to me. Now, mind you, I know nobody there. <laughs> and he said to me, it's the American embassy. That's the power that I saw in Mexico when I was there. This man didn't know me from Adam. And he walked over to me and gave me the cell phone and said, it's the American embassy. 
And that's when I had the conversation with the, the American embassy. This is another story that when we get together yes. <laughs> as family, like I told you this morning, that we sit and talk because two of my main guy friends came back and we all kind of looked at each other because we had no idea who these men were. To make a long story short, this hospital wouldn't see my daughter, but they found another doctor who had his own side business and we had to take a cab, which I don't even know who got us the cab. I think whoever those men were got us the cab and took us over in some dark area of Cancun to this doctor. And he did, it was by then, it was nighttime. I can't tell you what time it was at night. And he did the extraction. They had to do an extraction to take the coin out of her um, throat. throat. And we paid him. He accepted the cash. And we went back to the hotel. And it was like everybody in the hotel knew what was going on. And I, I, that's the power of Mexico to me. And that was just Cancun. Huh. <laughs> but a strange man's cell phone ring and he walk over to me and say, it's the American embassy. <laughs> There's power in that country more than we even know. I, I can't even see that happening here. <laughs> Good luck. Okay. That's Good my luck. story of Mexico. Thank you for sharing. Thank you so much for sharing. Ah, so we have another update, folks. The six-year-old who shot his teacher used his mother's gun. Story courtesy of BBC.com. A six-year-old child used his mother's legally purchased handgun to shoot his teacher at a U.S. school, police said. In a news conference on Monday, police in Virginia said the child brought the pistol to school in his backpack. The child intentionally shot his teacher, Abigail Zwerner, during class on Friday. Police said, she managed to escort her students to safety before calling for help for herself. She's 25 and remains in hospital in a stable condition. Police received the call of the teacher being shot at around 1,400 hours local time on Friday at Richneck Elementary School. Chief Drew said the child fired one round at his teacher. He added that the shooting was not accidental. It was indeed intentional. And it took place while Mrs. Werner was giving a lesson. Mrs. Werner was struck through her hand and into her upper chest. As the building was placed under lockdown, a woman who was picking up her grandchildren saw Mrs. Werner appear in the doorway of the school's front office. She said, call 911. I've been shot. And then she fainted. Chief Drew said the shooting happened without warning and with no fight or physical struggle. Police said they found a 9mm Taurus pistol in the class near the student's desk along with his backpack, a mobile phone, and one spent shell casing. Chief Drew said police determined through an interview with the child's mother that the gun was bought legally and stored in their home. The child, who has not been identified, was taken into custody and is undergoing evaluation in hospital adding that they will seek a temporary detention order. Police are continuing to investigate the incident, including conducting more interviews with witnesses and local child services. 
Officials said that while the school, which has about 550 pupils, had metal detectors, pupils were checked at random and not every child was inspected. So now there lies the question, was the weapon locked away? How did this child gain access to the weapon? So it's the mother's, it's a legally owned weapon. But boy, they're taking long to give out the information. Now, if it is um, ascertained that this weapon was not locked away, but was left where the child could get to it easily. Sorry, the parent now has to face the consequences. Sad, but that's what will have to happen. Sometimes it's all as if these parents, like them just have them gun and they just take them gun and just chew down at them bedside table. Yeah, I get it sometimes. When, when, when you listen to some of these news and hear all these kids just easily, easily get access to them parents' gun. You know what I mean? And, and more times, some young kids too, you know what I mean? So you make everyone wonder, like, when them, take them, when them get them going, when them put them, and just take them and just throw them on you know, the bedside table, or they just put it on it, them pillow or something, you know what I mean? Or the lower part of the shelf, the closet, where they can easily just reach it. So, I don't know, it's it, it, it weird sometimes. Yeah. So now we wait, and I'm sure hopefully by tomorrow we'll have more information as it as it relates to the mother's um, control of the weapon. Meaning, did she have it locked away? Did the child break into the lock? Because you can have it in a combination um, safe, and you don't know if that child is watching you when you're putting in your your um, code. You don't know. And here's why I'm saying that. I remember as a child, I'll be trying to pair to watch my father open his briefcase, trying to catch the combination. And then the thrill of trying to see, oh, see, I was able to do it. Just for the thrill of it. So am I going to say this child probably was doing the same thing? It's possible. Children are very observant, you know. You think they're not watching, they're watching. You don't know. So we're gonna I'm not gonna make any um I don't wanna assume anything. I'll just we're gonna wait for more details to come out. All right. Okay. Um I, go ahead, go right ahead, Javette. I do think, and I'm a gun owner. <clears throat> excuse me. I do think that parents have to understand that. Children are watching, children are listening. And what happened to those days that when a child was in a house and they got really quiet, you went and check on them to see what they were doing. Mm. People stopped doing that? Mm-mm, I still do it. Okay. I'm I'm just wondering. I still they're probably sick of me. I pop in that room. You okay? Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. 
Our next story, courtesy of NPR.org, new Biden student loan plan unveiled an agency funding crisis. The Biden administration is unveiling an ambitious new student loan repayment program today that will be more generous, flexible, and forgiving than previous plans, but it is unclear how or when the administration will be able to fully implement it. The U.S. Department of Education says proposed updates to its income-driven repayment plan would, among other things, cut loan payments in half for undergraduate borrowers, but its rollout could be complicated by the fact that the Office of the Federal Student Aid, FSA, the agency that oversees the government's student loan portfolio, is in an unexpected funding crisis created by a political fight between congressional Republicans and Democrats and the White House. Behind closed doors, officials at FSA and the U.S. Department of Education are surprised and angry, sources tell NPR, because they must now safeguard priorities like today's announcement, while also scrambling to find hundreds of millions of dollars to cut from other current and future programs. In December, Congress approved a massive $1.7 trillion government funding bill known as Omnibus. But the bill did not deliver nearly enough money to for FSA to do everything it has been asked to do in 2023 by Congress, the Biden administration, and even the courts. A big F blank deal is how one federal official describes the surprise decision last month to abandon a much-needed funding increase for the Office of the Federal Student Aid. Another person familiar with FSA's inner workings worries that the result not just for the agency, but for people with federal student loan debts, could be catastrophic. There is a lot of work at FSA that can benefit students and borrowers that it simply cannot do now, says a third government official. That work includes not only recent initiatives, but also potentially basic everyday loan oversight functions, like making sure loan servicing companies do not keep borrowers waiting on the phone for hours to talk with a customer service representative. Ah, boy. Politics behind the funding crisis. Let's see. I don't know. Right now, I'm still just waiting to hear what they're going to do about, you know, this current issue we have looming. That's it. Next story. Classified files found at Biden's former private office. Story also courtesy of the BBC. The U.S. US Justice Department is reviewing documents marked classified found in President Joe Biden's former office at a think tank, the White House says. About 10 of the files were discovered in a locked closet at the Penn-Biden Center in Washington in November by Mr. Biden's legal team, said his lawyer. The batch has been handed over to the National Archives. Mr. Biden's predecessor, Donald Trump, is facing a probe for taking classified files to, to Florida after his presidency. According to the BBC's U.S. partner, CBS News, the FBI is involved in the inquiry into classified documents found at the Penn-Biden Center, and the U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland has been asked to review the papers. Mr. Biden's lawyer said they relate to the period when he was vice president, but it is unclear what the documents relate to, the level of classification involved, or why they were there. A source familiar with the matter told CBS News the batch did not contain nuclear secrets and had been contained in a folder in a box with other 
unclassified papers. And our next story, courtesy of NPR.org, in some states, an unpaid foster care bill could mean parents lose their children forever. Parents who have their kids placed in foster care often get a bill to reimburse the state for part of the cost. NPR found that in at least 12 states, there are laws that say parents could lose their kids forever if they fail to pay it. We hear about one family in North Carolina who had a child taken away because of an unpaid bill. And NPR investigative correspondent Joseph Shapiro takes a closer look at the laws behind such cases. In participating regions, you'll also hear a local news segment to help you make sense of what is going on in your community. I'm going to see if I can pull up the sound bite for it, but I did not know that if my child is in foster care, I get a bill. Did anybody else know that? I'm as shocked as you. When you read that, I'm like, wait, what? I got. I didn't know that. I mean, knock on wood. I don't expect that to ever happen to my family, but I did not know that. That's crazy. But it kind of makes sense in a weird way because it shouldn't be on the state to take care of your child. You should be taking care of your child. But then people, mm, that I did not know that. I'm done speaking. But here's the thing, though. Um, here's the thing. Uh, Sonnet, your child is removed, not you asking them to remove the child. Some t- Let me give an example. I remember when we were living in Atlanta and I, I met this social worker and she said it pained her heart to remove a child from the home. The reason the neighbors called and said the children, the child is at home alone. I'm sorry, it was children. It was more than, it was two, two children. The children were home alone. The children are clean, healthy, well-fed. Everything is there for them. But the parents, it's a two-parent household. They're paying um, rent. It's a struggle between both jobs to make ends meet. They cannot afford to have, a ch- have the children go to aftercare. Right, The children are taught what to do, what not to do in the home. But you have the neighbor who observes and repeatedly sees these children get off the bus and go in the house and notices that the parents aren't there. Of course, they notice when the parents get home. So they pick it up on themselves. Instead of walking over to the neighbor and say, you know, I'm home. Would you like me to sit, you know, child sit for you? Or would you like me to give an eye for you until you get home? Hmm? No, they don't do that. Then pick up the phone and call Child Protective Services. And she has to go in and remove those children. She said it pained her heart. She didn't want to do it, but she had to. So now in that case, why am I getting a bill? Why am I getting a bill? You came in and removed my children. Nothing wrong with them. You come in and take them. And now you're going to tell me I need to pay a bill? You take them from me. Give them to somebody else. Pay somebody else. How about you pay me to keep my children then? I'm trying to make ends meet. I'm taking care of them. 
make it make sense. I don't get it. I thought when you read that story, it said that if the parents requested or asked for the children to be taken. Let me go back and make sure. You know what you probably right. Hold on. We hear about one family who had a child taken away because of an unpaid. Hold on. Back up. Parents who have their kids placed in foster care get often get a bit. Okay, so you're right. That's what was said. So I didn't know that you could call but, and ask for your child to be placed in foster no, care. No, I'm going to stop you there. Nothing says parents who ask their children to be taken. It says parents who had their children placed. Placed. You're placed right. You're right. I voluntarily put my kid there. The child was placed in foster care by whatever means. So I, I mean, just to say, I don't think that's a voluntary request. Children were placed in foster care for whatever reason. They were left unattended, like like the case you just mentioned. Or like the young man, the little six-year-old, one of the things that you mentioned that they were thinking of is putting him in foster care because they had to take him away from his parent, right? That's what right, one of the right. things you mentioned yesterday. So in that case, his mother, is it, I'm sorry, what state was that? Uh, the one I was, okay, so the one in the news or the one I was talking about? The one you about? were talking about this morning, this Georgia, that's Georgia. Georgia. So we don't know if this is a thing for every single state too, right? Right, because it's it could be a Georgia specific thing. I don't. I've never heard of anyone being charged to pay for foster care for their children. So I'm wondering if it's a Georgia thing, and how would we find that out? We'd have to do a Google search, and hopefully they have an answer. But I wouldn't be shocked if it was if it was like a state by state type of thing. I find the whole concept to be ridiculous. It is ridiculous if you ask me. Sorry. And I'm sorry, Donald. I didn't I just saw you come off your mic as well. So you can go ahead, Don. Go ahead, Donald. Go right ahead. I was going back to the caseworker that um woman spoke about. So in a case like that where you have a family who is from all intents and purposes a good family but just struggling wouldn't it be more prudent for the state or whatever agency to help support that family so that they do not have to leave the children unattended as opposed to take the children and put them in foster care would it cost the state much more money having the kids in foster care but then again the foster care homes are owned by people that make a lot of money so it just don't make any sense to me because if you're struggling and you could help people it will be better for everybody i don't understand some of the laws man but that's what i keep saying donald instead of if nothing is wrong with my child if my child is healthy why take the child from me i am working i'm gainfully employed my child never misses school. They're up to date with their doctor's appointments, shots. Everything is in perfect order. But I just can't afford the daycare. Why? I, 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 hold on now. Some parents go and ask for help. And they're denied because they're told they make too much money. Why should two parents be working in any country and cannot afford to take care of their children? How does that make any sense? How could you be gainfully employed 
both parents and you cannot afford to take care of your family. And that is something I don't understand. Because we have people that work full-time jobs, but you still cannot make ends meet. Like, modestly, I'm not talking about you want to live luxuriously. You, have a, you, you work 40 hours, and you're almost below the poverty line still. Mm-hmm. I found a link moment, so I posted it. Okay, um, perfect. So this thing is from an NPR, and it's saying 12 states have this law. I think I'm more concerned with the fact that you could lose your children forever. Yes. Like what I'm I'm trying to figure out what's the bigger meaning behind this. Is this some kind of like why would you I've never been a sub I mean I live in Jamaica, I've never been a supporter of any foster care system. I don't like it, I don't think it works. I think it does more harm than good. I believe in adoption because when you adopt the child is yours and the child has a home. But I believe the foster care system just has children bouncing from place to place. And a lot of damage happens that way. And I don't remember who said it, but I thought it would be more prudent to move in to the space and try to do the corrective work with the parents. I just don't understand how I am being punished by losing my child because I cannot pay for a service I never even asked for. Like, you took my child... And then you build me. And then because I cannot pay that, you take the child away forever. I don't see how that benefits a child like America is such a backward country. It doesn't even make sense, honestly. It doesn't make sense. Makes zero sense, Kalisha. But guess what? I them have the degree them, sorry. In in child psychology. Right? They have the degrees in social services and child psychology. Go ahead, Javette. Go. Was it Javette first or was it James? Who opened up? Javette, James, and we'll go. We'll work in that order. We'll just go down the line. So go ahead, Javette. I don't think this has anything to do with education. It's just all politics, and another way I feel on a Friday night. Family. Sorry, I'm so sorry. I was finding the audio clip. I do apologize. Go ahead, Javette. No, I just think it's all politics. It has nothing to do with education and just another way to make money. Period. I yield to James. Go ahead, James. Thank you, Javette. Go right ahead. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I don't think it has anything to do with education, too. I, I believe that if um, the, the tables turn and, and more, um, you know, say like white kids are in foster care then the system will change but um when you know a lot of you know visible minority in the system you know they they, <clears throat> they don't really care and and you know the system shows you like with the opioid thing you know the way they're they're dealing with that as opposed to what they did you know back in the 80s the early 80s you know killing off you know people who are, who are addicted to 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 substance because they said they're, they're criminal. Now these, um, it, it changed. And now these people are sick. They're not criminals, they're, they're sick, they need help. Um, same thing like like in in Canada, we start, they, they started a program here for like um, people who are addicted to, to drugs and they have like a, a safe, um, a safe, safe um, center where you can go and the government provided with clean needles 
and there's a nurse, there there are nurse and doctors on on every, every every location as a nurse and a doctor, and you come there and you do your drugs legally. And in those cases, like people overdose every day, and there's a nurse and a doctor there to make sure that they don't die. Because the, the demographic of those people, white people, but when it's um indigenous or other people, it doesn't work the same way. So I think if it, it if it changes, then the system will change to to match with the, the 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 skin tone of the people, the kids who are caught up in the system. But James, in this particular story, if you look at the link at the top, these are white folks that are being affected. So um, I'm going to take Dre's comment and I'm going to play the audio clip. Go ahead, Dre. No, you could go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Okay. Javed, um, kind of touch. What um, you were going to say? Yeah, All right. Okay. Basically, also, too, we have a tendency when we are. Uh, one of the things when they're making laws, they're making these laws and putting these things in place, not really to help, but to punish people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, until we change our mindset. You know, um, just like how James mentioned, I see same thing that James mentioned. They did it in um, Portugal years ago, and their um, drug rate is so low, and 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 so forth. So a lot of, a lot of times they put things into place just to punish people, and not really to help them. And that situation with the with with the lady leaving the kids at home because they have to work the the family. That should be a situation where, where they step in and help. Right. Not take away the kids. So um, a lot of things need to change. It's, it's more political and money. Yeah. All right. So thank you. Let me go ahead and play the clip. On a Friday night, families show up at the high school football game in Beargrass, North Carolina. Beargrass is a tiny rural town, population 93. Here we go, Blue! Get the ball! Get the ball! A few miles from that football field, at the end of a dirt road in a well-kept trailer home, is where Brandon and Sylvia Cunningham live. Hey, honey! Now, they admit that there was a period of time when they were pretty irresponsible parents. I was always blowing money. I'd come home on Fridays, paycheck gone. You know, wake up broke Saturday. You know, we were so bad in the drugs then, and we weren't working and doing anything good with our lives. Brandon hurt his back while hauling buckets at the phosphate mine, and Sylvia got injured while lifting boxes at the drugstore. A doctor prescribed pain pills, and they both fell into addiction. We were at the worst point of our lives. They took the kids. We went straight to prison. I did nine months. He did almost six. Their four children were placed in foster care for about two years before the Cunninghams got serious about changing their lives. When children have been in foster care for 15 of the previous 22 months, federal law tells child welfare agencies to, in most cases, move to get them adopted. The Cunninghams were up against that time limit. A judge laid out a long series of steps the Cunninghams needed to take to get their kids back, and they followed through. 
They went to parenting classes and therapy. They got jobs, multiple jobs. They showed up for visits with their kids. And the parents got sober and submitted to frequent drug testing. Hair follicle after hair follicle after hair follicle after hair follicle drug test. The court would eventually determine that Brandon and Sylvia Cunningham had shown that they could be safe parents. So their kids finally came home. But here's where things started to get strange. The court returned three of their children, but not the fourth. I don't understand how we get three of our kids back and that one child is just gone. The fourth child, a boy who was three then and is now seven, stayed in foster care. Then he was made eligible for adoption. Now, the reason for all this is the Cunninghams had failed to pay back a debt, a bill to reimburse the state for part of the cost of their child's foster care. It's crazy. I don't understand it. No one understands. Nobody in this county, everybody who knows our story, I can show people the documents and they read it and they're dumbfounded by it. Consider this. Across the country, many impoverished parents who have their children placed in foster care get a bill to reimburse the state for part of the cost of that care. And when these parents fail to pay that bill, there are laws in at least 12 states that say it's okay for those parents to lose their kids forever. From NPR, I'm Elsa Chang. It's Monday, January 9th. Support for NPR and the following message come from Capital One, the 2023. It's Consider This from NPR. In North Carolina, over the last two years, appeals courts ruled in 200 cases where parents faced losing their children. And failure to pay a bill to cover some of the cost of foster care came up in 30% of those cases. Now, most of the time, it was included with more serious charges like abuse or abandonment, where there seemed to be good reason to take children. But in a dozen cases, failure to pay some of the cost of foster care was the only reason, often when the argument to take children away wasn't so clear at all. NPR found multiple stories like that in North Carolina. One woman, the victim of domestic violence, reported her abusive partner to police. Her kids went into foster care, and she lost her children for failure to pay, even though she speaks limited English and says no one told her. One man says he was penalized because when he was in prison, he failed to put aside some of the pennies an hour he made from a prison job. And then there's the case involving Brandon and Sylvia Cunningham, the couple we heard from earlier. They followed all the steps laid out by a judge to get their four children back from foster care, but then the court returned only three of the kids. And the reason given was that the Cunninghams had failed to reimburse the state for part of the cost of foster care. NPR investigative correspondent Joseph Shapiro took a close look at the Cunningham's case and the laws that can keep families like theirs apart. Across the country, impoverished parents get sent a bill when their children go into foster care. It's a little-known practice. An NPR investigation last year showed it's a policy that leads to bad outcomes. Because in the vast majority of cases, kids go into foster care not because they've been abused, but for neglect. And neglect is often an issue of poverty. Parents are homeless or can't buy food. They're addicted. To get their kids back, 
parents need to stabilize their lives. And that takes money to rent a big enough apartment or buy a car to get to a job. The bill to reimburse the cost of foster care is often a big one, sometimes hundreds of dollars a month. We know that when families have additional bill, children stay in foster care longer, which is not what we want. That's Asia Schomburg, who is the Biden administration official in charge of foster care policy and funding. The goal is to increase the opportunity for economic stability and mobility and not adding challenges. And that's Tangela Gray, the top federal official for child support enforcement. A few months ago, after NPR's reporting, Schomburg and Gray put out new guidance and recommended to states that they stop charging and collecting money from poor families when their kids go into foster care. North Carolina's Department of Health and Human Services told us it was moving to comply with the new direction from the federal government. Officials in Martin County, where the Cunninghams live, did not respond to our requests. I told the two federal officials about several families I'd met in North Carolina. I don't know the specifics of the Cunningham's case. That's Schomburg from the Federal Children's Bureau. But just going back right to the whole purpose of this guidance and the importance of reuniting children with their parents and understanding right the devastation that the child support bill can cause. Child support is a term for that bill to make parents pay for the cost of foster care. The practice of charging parents, and only poor parents, is a leftover from another time, from a federal law still on the books from nearly 40 years ago, when Washington wanted people who got welfare to share responsibility and pay some of the cost of that assistance. Last year, every state returned money to the feds, almost $96 million collected from parents. But now, reuniting children with their parents is considered the best practice. And in 2018, Congress passed a law to make that the top priority. Which raises the question, if the federal government is now telling states to quit sending a bill for foster care, then why do parents lose their children when they don't pay? How can you say this is right? Attorney Benjamin Cole represents Brandon Cunningham and other parents. Your child is never coming home because you failed to give the government money even though the government never asked you to pay a dime. That's another hard-to-explain thing about these cases in North Carolina. I can't tell you how much the Cunninghams owed for their son's foster care, because county officials never gave them a bill, never told them to pay. In Brandon's case, it was clear and undisputed. The government never even once mentioned child support, never asked for a dime. Without being told to pay or how to pay or how much to pay, The Cunninghams say they had no way to pay. The Cunninghams appealed the decision to take their son and put him up for adoption. Last year, North Carolina State Supreme Court issued its ruling. It went against the Cunninghams. The court said it doesn't matter whether the Cunninghams were told to pay or not, because parents should know they have an obligation to pay for the care of their children. Sidney Batch is a member of the North Carolina State Senate. And so we're telling parents and children that we're going to sever a relationship and a bond permanently because someone didn't have enough money to pay child support. That is absolutely wrong. And I think it's immoral. Batch is also a Raleigh family law attorney. She sees clients, ones who live from paycheck to paycheck, struggle. Do they pay that bill for their child's foster care or on better stable housing? Which is oftentimes and almost always a requirement to regain custody of your children. Then they end up paying child support, but they don't have a house for their children to come back to. 
Batch says the law already has plenty of other grounds for, if necessary, ending a parent's rights to their child. Because there's horrible abuse, or the parents didn't get sober, or didn't follow the steps laid out by a judge to get their child back. Batch says it's time for her colleagues in the state legislature to change the law that uses failure to pay for foster care as a reason. It's a tax on the poor, and it is a permanent, irrevocable penalty because you happen to be poor in North Carolina and are not able to pay your bills, so therefore you lose custody of your children. All right. A truck. That's a truck. What is that? Pete. Today, Brandon and Sylvia Cunningham live in that trailer with their three children who came home, two older teens and a two-year-old. Is a cow? What does a cow do? It's a Saturday morning. Brandon makes good money now. He works at a company that cuts lumber for fence posts. He builds decks on the side. He stays at home on the weekends when Sylvia works two jobs at restaurants. But they know how people saw them and how some still see them. Yeah, putting us down, talk to us like we were trash. As long as we had been addicts in our history, we would never be productive citizens. We would never stay sober. Even if we did it for a while, we would relapse and be drug addicts again. And they're wrong. They're wrong. Once you get clean and you see how great life can be, you don't ever want to go back to that and be that person again. You never wanted to be that person to start with. The Cunninghams try to make sense of what happened to their family. Their house is filled with pictures of their kids and many of the son who was gone. This trailer echoes with memories of bad times. Now they save their money and watch it grow in a brokerage account. They've got their eyes on a new house, a brick rambler, not far away. That was NPR investigative correspondent Joseph Shapiro. I know it was a bit of a long listen, 12 minutes to be exact, but I think we needed to hear it. And let's go back to the beginning. How did they become addicts? Pain medication. Prescribed pain medication. Wasn't a choice. They got hurt. The doctor prescribed pain medication. And how often have we heard about the damaging effects of pain medication? How easy it is to become addicted to pain medication. You start to feel a little pain. Nobody wants to bear pain. And I can speak from my own experience. I remember when I had my C-section, son number four, as when I was in the hospital, they had the um, IV in my arm. And I'll never forget the nurse saying, as soon as you start to feel the pain, just press this, just press this button and it will deliver morphine to numb the pain. I was trigger happy because I didn't want to feel the pain. When I was discharged, I prayed that whatever was going to be prescribed to me was going to be just as strong, but they did not do that. I had to deal with the pain. It's not easy. But now let us talk about the situation. 
This is a first world country. We're supposed to have forward thinking citizens, forward thinking leaders. We say we care about the children, but how so? Demonstrate to me how you care about children, their well-being, their psychological well-being, their emotional well-being. Exactly how do you care? You make it hard for parents to be reunited with their children. And you're telling me that that bill is more important than reuniting a child with its parent. Parents who have gone, gone through the challenges, they were determined. Every check box that you gave them, every box that you gave them, they checked it off. They met the mile markers. And then you turn around and say, oops, sorry, you can't. You can't, you can't get your child back because you didn't pay your bill. What bill? Where did this bill come from? Nobody communicated that to me. I have a few choice words, but I'm on air, so I can't say them. I'm done speaking. Yeah, so I got the same thing that you just said. That, that's what got me like, wait. They weren't told they had a bill. How do you... So, okay, you're going to do a service, but you're not going to tell me that I have to pay for it, so I assume it's free. And then me not paying it, it's not my responsibility. It's your responsibility for not issuing me a bill before. But I got a phone call, so I missed the rest of it. But, oh, my... That's heartbreaking. And it, the people who are struggling are the people who they said it in, in the story, people who are poor. They're leaving their children unattended because they can't afford childcare. They can't afford everything. Oh my God. This is sad. I'm going to stop talking. I'm like, I'm right there when you said it. I couldn't go anymore. I have nothing else to say. Go right ahead. You know, even besides the medication that doctors try to push on us, right? There's also laws. There's so many laws on the books that honestly should not be there. How do we, and I'm going to say me, how do I, as a voting person, because I vote in every election, find out what laws I can dispute or try to rile people up and, and get people to understand that these laws need to be taken off the books. That's one of the most heartbreaking stories that I've heard from um, this year. And it's, it's, it's asinine and this political system, I don't know. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Yeah, I can't even like speak right now because I, I wrote down like so many things that came out of this story. It, it, it does absolutely make no sense at all. 
and we're always punishing, it seems, in this country, the people who need the help the most. I yield. Thank you, Javette. Yes, if I may uh, add. Yes, go right ahead. Please go right ahead. Hi, Jocelyn. This is really unbelievable. I wasn't aware of this. And I think we all have a responsibility now that we are in the know and uh, that we need to reach out to our local representatives. Um, As much can be said about the pen, you know, we have to put pen to paper, write our local representatives, let them know how unfair this is. And I love what was just said. It's the people always at the bottom. You know, they don't go after um, the real drug dealers in this country, pharmaceutical companies, doctors who push drugs, or when, um, you know, the, the failing of the banks, so they bail them out. But the, the people who have very little are the ones they hurt the most. Thank you. Thank you, Jocelyn. Anybody else? Dre, Dre put in the chat, it's the cycle of Western society. You are punished to be poor. You are punished forever when you make a mistake. Again, punishment is not help. It's just not the USA alone, but right across the board. No help for the poor. Um. Thank you, Javette. But go above that one. Interesting I comment. missed one. Sorry. But, um, there is one above. Someone on the inside probably sold that child already. Probably already had a family in mind. Is that hard to imagine? No. It really isn't. It isn't. When they said the boy was three years old, I'm thinking three years old, probably cute as heck. You know, he won't remember his parents if they take him away now. He really won't remember them. He has a whole new family. And just adopt the child right from underneath the parents' nose because they didn't pay some unknown bill. That is absolutely ridiculous. That thing gets me angry. Not even, I'm upset. <laughs> it is upsetting, Sunet. It is. It really is. Uh, Let Javette, me ask a question. Hold on, Dre. Hold on one second. Let me just answer Javet real quick. Uh, where can I find my local laws? You can also find county and municipal codes at your county or city clerk's office or at a county law library. Um, places like the county public health department. Yeah, go ahead, Dre. Yeah, so uh, I... I really don't know much about this um, system, you know, because back in in Jamaica, if you want to help a child, you just adopt a child. So adoption and foster parents is two total different things. Foster parents is when you, you, you have the child in the house, the government pays you, and you could give the child back. Anybody? No. Oh, I'm so I'm sorry, Dre. Okay, yeah, it's a question. I, 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 oh, okay. So, um, anybody want to answer that? From my understanding, if it's temporary, um, the child stays in the foster system for a particular period of time, and that time frame that they're there for is the time that's allotted to the parents if they want their children back. 
if it's a case where the children are not wanted back, um, they stay in the foster system until they're um, adopted. I believe that's how it works, and I stand there, to be corrected. A, I'm sorry. There's a program. Hold on, Dre. I think um, Sanat is contributing story, to it. It said 15 to 22 months. At, there you at go. the fifteenth month, if the if the child is not taken from foster care, they can be put for adoption. So fifteen to twenty two months are not, they're not picked up. That's when they start being adopted. If that was a question, yeah, yeah. But there's two things going on here. You have adoption in this country, but you have another system where it's a money making system where these people are not adopting the kids. They provide a home for the child and raise the child, and the state pays them money to house that child, and they take care of the child, and they could literally send back the child into the system if they don't want to deal with it anymore. No one knows about this? Yep. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. So um, we have two th different things going on here. So it's not, it's not hard because someone made a comment about they probably sold the child already. So I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about the system like, yeah, they don't want to give back. The, 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 there's a lot of corrup corruption that can be going on in this system. And that's why, you know, a lot of these parents is having difficulties because it's a money-based thing. They don't care about the kids and they don't care about the parents. <sighs> yeah, the... The, the the thing with the, the thing with the foster care system, I think it's at the mercy of the the the, the host family, the, the foster family, because there are cases where I know of cases where like um, there are people that um, some people choose to do it as a profession to make money, and there are some people that just have a passion for it. Um, you know, they were fostered themselves, and, and they're like, you know, just. You know, I'm I'm gonna do this because you know, I grew up in a foster care system and and that saved my life. So I'm gonna return um, the favor per se. So there are people like those, and so a lot of times, you know, it's at the mercy of those people because I've known of cases where, like um, brothers and sisters, you know, like one two years apart, like three of them, were in a in the foster care system. Um, eligible for adoption, but the foster the foster parent had the right to keep them because they don't want them to separate. So the foster parent would fight the government and said, um, "These kids are not going to be adopted unless um, it's it's they're going to one home. We are going to keep them." So I, I know of cases like that. So it yeah it depends on on on, on the, the the host family, and it's it's just a mess because. You know, there's certain race that gets adopted at a at a faster rate. There's there's certain race that like literally never get adopted, so they stay in the system until they're 18. And then if they're not I, I know this this girl that run an organization here, she was in a foster care system. She's like, you know, black Caribbean background. And she said with her experiences that like a lot of um as if you your 18th birthday. Like you have 24 hours to leave. Um, where am I going to find rent? I don't care. You know, 18 years, go. So it, it's a mess. But the problem here, you know, is you bust your backside 
to get things done and them are gonna look by you and tell us so you can't get back your big name. I don't know how these parents still are saying. I really don't know. I lift my hats off to them. I don't know what where I would be. Oof, this is a tough one. Money determines if you get your child or no. Your child is for sale to the highest bidder. You have a bill you don't even know about. Because I am sure if they were aware that there was a bill, they would have sought to it that they made payments. I'm sure of that. I hope Shapiro has a follow-up to this because I would love to know where that three-year-old ended up. Was the child finally adopted? Was the child finally adopted? Or is the child still in the foster care system? And now that they have money saved up in their brokerage account and they're looking to purchase a bigger home, a brick and mortar home and move out of the trailer park, will they have a better opportunity or an advantage, a chance to fight to get that baby back? According to your story is no. Because that's the law of that state. <sighs> Jesus. It's a 12, 12 states out of the 50 states have that law. You know, this drives home. I'm coming to you, Afwa. Uh, bear with me once again. You know what? This drives home a reminder to us. We can't be complacent. We cannot be complacent. We have to maintain a heightened level of awareness. We have to, because life can change in the blink of an eye. I can get hurt, and I'm just thinking of myself and Marlon. We both could get hurt. We both could end up on prescription drugs, and we both could end up addicted. And then what? Just like that, your perfect scenario is torn apart. And they give you that list and say you have to meet this, these, I don't even know the grammar right now, criteria, this list of criteria. I don't even know the right word right now. What is plural from single? I really don't give a damn right now. But here are the things you need to do to get your children back. And me get back, sure, I'm a picnic them on the fourth one, then tell me so I can't get it back because I have a bill. What does it do to the parents? How do you, lawmakers in these states that condone this and uphold it and support it, how do y'all sleep knowing that a person has done all that they can and all because they are poor and not able to go in their pockets, pull out a checkbook 
and write a check and give it to you. They can't get their child. Their child. Who owns the children in this? Do we even own our children? That's a... Uh, I don't think no. that's the, the topic for here. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Go I ahead, Afa, because I know you stuff. want... Yeah, and I don't want to go in the rabbit hole, but um, go ahead, Afa. I know you were going to say something, and I asked you to hold that. Go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, we just say I want them rabbit to a question they just asked. But someone just simply said no, so we'll just work with that for the time being. But uh, apart from that, a long time the US, a long time America did them things. Like, you know, I took with people, kids, and I sell to other people, or I take with people, kids, and I say, boy, you know, fit for raise a child. So here, what? We just go, you know what I mean? So a long time. I mean, it's it, it documented. You have. I would have a store out there, especially when you remember the, the long time series there when your mom unsolved mystery, and it, it's like them always I bring um persons who get take care from them home or peer um parents who come out I say oh the kids get take care at a very young age and uh, and lost in the system and them them try to search for the, for them and stuff like that. So a long time America did them things them on centuries uh decades now so i i don't know you know what i mean i think so certain things well maybe certain things can change a little bit you know but for them, just a little bit but not a lot especially when they come on to certain group of people you know what i mean so i don't know i don't know them i don't know them it, it's sad but really and truly, the American don't care about the, the poorer side of people. Them, <laughs> it doesn't. All of them white, you know what I mean? Them really and truly don't care about them that much. They might give them a little power to kind of have them a rally on them side against a certain group of people. But at the end of the day, they don't really care about them. You know what I mean? Because you don't know the status. You just have what the term say. You know, not want to say it on this. But yeah. Please don't. Yeah. So yeah. I just... I just yeah, I just, I just want them things more time, isn't it? It's sad, but yeah, yeah it, it really and truly sad. All right, thank you. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, in the chat, let me just get to some comments here. Mm. So, Mama Lana says, the first time I'm hearing about this. Uh, me too! You're not alone. And I think many of us, if not most of us here, um, are pretty alarmed, shocked. Now we're moving through the emotions, trying to process it, really. Um, some kids get trafficked, according to controversy. Yes, there's a movie about that based, uh, based on a true story. It's on Netflix. It's called Trafficked. The girl was sold to the traffickers by the social worker as soon as she turned 18. It's a hard watch. And controversy says, no, we don't own our children once you sign that birth certificate. Sonette, when you say by law 40 years, does it mean they own us for 40 years? No, no, no. The, oh. um, the, the question, the thing that Afalabi said, I know he was referring to, to different things, but he was referring to people being stolen from their families. That's different. Okay. But oh, this, regarding this story, no, no. <laughs> regarding this specific story that NPR had, the law to... Um, permanently take the children away from their parents is 40 years old that okay. one is 40 years old regarding um putting them in foster care and then not returning them <clears throat> so, 
you know, you know what I wanted to, I, I, we went, this is a rabbit hole. This, this it is a rabbit hole. It is a rabbit hole. It is. You started a story about something happening in Georgia and then we, we moved this. What was your original, do you mind? What was your original story about? Because we interrupted you or I interrupted you when you said, um, you'd said in Georgia, somebody wasn't getting their family back and, and, and did you finish that story is what uh, yeah i did finish my i was right now. no okay, my, <laughs> yeah i did finish because what happened is i was when i met the social worker and she was telling me about the painful part of her job you know and how it bothers her you know and messes with her psyche having to go into homes where people are the children are fine the only thing is they're home alone because both parents have to work and the children know how to take care of themselves but because nosy neighbors decide to pick up the phone and they go there at a time when the parents aren't there she has no choice but to remove the children and i'm my my, my thing is instead of removing children how about providing help you have a home where both parents are busting their asses off trying to make ends meet taking care of their family seeing to it that, that their children are cared for. And instead of saying, you know something, we see you trying. Oh, and these parents too, some parents do reach out for um, assistance. They try to get um, assistance to pay for daycare. Some of them try to get assistance with food stamps. So at least that will free up cash for them to be able to pay for um, daycare. So they try different things, but the very state that goes in and takes your child from you because they're home alone is the very state that you reach out to for help. And they tell you, no, we can't help you because you're both working and you're both making too much money. Make that freaking make sense to me. If a person can outline their bills and show you their expenses versus their income and that they cannot afford, why can't you say, okay, we'll help you. No, you're going according to the scale that is handed out. Remember some months ago, I don't, I think I played the clip in here where the woman is standing in front of her state um, representatives and she's saying that she makes, I think it was like 20,000 or something like that, tried getting assistance and the state tells her she makes too much money. But a black, you know, oh, sorry, I forget I'm on air. Lord Jesus, you know what? You're telling them you need help. You're crying out for help and they not help you. The only help they're willing for do is take away your pit and fry you. How is that helping? How is that helping? Snatching kids. I would implore everyone to check with your state. Check out your state laws, your, you know, go to your senator, your local representatives, whatever, and find out if your state is one of those 12 states, because we need to know which states these are. There are 12 states where there are laws that, that say parents can lose their children forever if they fail to pay the foster care bill. A bill they never receive. A bill them never receive. What them not know about. Check out your state laws. Go ahead. Yeah. Go right ahead. I, I want to be optimistic that they, they said in the story 
that Congress is, is working on removing that and doing a better job of returning people to their families instead of adoption. So Congress is working on this. So for, for the federal law, because it's a federal law, but as we know, the United States, even though there's federal laws, each state has their individual laws. That part. So, so those 12 states who are like ignoring what Congress is doing, when will they come up? They need people in their state representatives. So the comment that, um, oh, where's she gone? Jocelyn, that was her name. Jocelyn had mentioned we had have to be a lot more local. Oh, she's there. I'm sorry, Jocelyn, I missed you. Um, more local connections with our with our leaders is important. Like we were, we watched this 15 days, excuse me, 15 votes for Mr. Um, McCarthy to be named the Speaker of the House. Did we see who was in our state voting for or against him? We now we know who our people are. And if we didn't watch it, we can see replays, okay? Right. We know who to reach out to in, in the representatives. It's from my state. McCarthy is one of them. He's not mine. I have Nancy. Nancy's getting old, but I have to reach out to the other people around them and find out how to, how can this get pushed? This has to get changed. So I, I the 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 thought that Jocelyn had is we have to find out from our local representatives is is not it's it's true. This is what we should be doing. We have to say, hey, this has to stop. It has to stop. And Javette is is <laughs> poor Javette trying to find these laws, but it's so hard because you need a law degree to read this bloody thing. It's incredibly <laughs> difficult. And and um, that um, and that and that is my point. We only yes, know about these ridiculous laws when something happens. Absolutely. That's yeah. the only time. But there has to be someone that's knowledgeable enough to know that these ridiculous laws are still on the books and bring them to the forefront. There has to be someone. I, it would be. And if I can't go to Google, I got to actually go pick up a law book. I have a friend that graduated from NYU. Them law books are no joke. I've seen them. Even me reading business law to get my degree was no joke. So come on. Ridiculous. Oh. Damn, 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 damn. Yes, Donnelly. I don't know. I do say um, I am an optimist and I did use Congress in the same. I mean, <laughs> we know this house that we're looking at is not going to do much. It's going to take them. They can't vote on anything. It took them 15 votes to select a speaker. I understand. But I also want to be, um, I will be an eternal optimist until the day I die. And that's it. I'm done speaking. We can't give up. We can't give up, Sunette. We can't give up, Javette. Um, let me see. I'm I'm here digging to find the twelve states. Okay, no, no, really here digging to find the twelve states, and I am going from place to place to place. Okay. Um, all that keeps showing me is this damn North Carolina. Um, let me see if this one will show me. Send send me the story. I'm home today. I can play around with Google. Yeah, I am. I am. Oh Jesus. Um. Uh. Uh. Can you put the link in the chat for me, please? Please, pretty please, if you're able to. I'm trying to be. Okay. Why is it? Why is it so hard to find a list of states? Because <laughs> we need to know the exact number next to that law name yeah 
See, it just keeps showing the story. I need to know the damn states. I'm sorry. You know, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. Don't worry. We'll do a follow-up tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry, folks. But this right here is um, such an eye-opener. Such an eye-opener. And it calls for us to understand the relevance and the importance of back in the day when they had the village. The village. We need to get back to looking out for each other, looking out for each other's children. There was a time when there would be that one or two homes where you didn't have to worry. Your children aren't there. You know, you get off or you get off the bus, you get out of school, head straight there. And there was that grandma or that aunt that would see to it that these children are okay. They're fed, homework done. And you come and you get your children. We need to get back to that. And it is doable. And I can say it is doable because Marlon and I have been that in our community. When we were living in Atlanta, you want to find your kids, they're at our house. They were in the basement. They were in the back. And it was four town homes that attached and at least three of us if i wasn't out back if marlon wasn't out back if it wasn't um my neighbors to the left or my neighbors to the right or back, but we and sometimes we are all out there together with the children and we just sit there and watch them play we were a safe space neighbors would call hey i'm not home can they come over until we get back? Sure, no problem. Me cook them, I go eat. Them, I go get them homework done. We provided that. And we need to get back to that in our communities so our children are not sucked up into a system that doesn't give two craps about them. We need to let go of selfishness. We need to start caring about each other. It's a verb. It's an action. Stop saying it and start doing it. Everybody's so consumed with self. Let us find a way to raise our children ourselves. Let us find a way to step up and be our brother's keeper, our sister's friend, in the true sense. This is just heartbreaking. Truly, truly heartbreaking. Whew. Oh, so that you, you, um, Okay, you're putting it in the chat. Thank you so much, um, Sunet. Thank you for putting it in the chat. Has this bill actually passed? Which one? The one to stop it? Or the one? Which one? The, the uh, unpaid foster care bill. Yes, it's been, it's been on law for 40 years, and they're trying to reverse it now. 
I must be looking at something different then because I'm seeing a vetoed foster care bill. What year is that one? Is that recent? Did it not pass? 21, yeah, 21, 22. Oh, dear. You mean 2022? Yeah, 21, 22. Is that the bill name 21, 22? I'm sorry. I'm, trying to think I'm, I'm sorry. It's 117th Congress, 2021 to 2022 foster care bill. No, I don't know. It's part of the Foster Care Stabilization Act. West Virginia is one of those states, folks. I'm dumpster diving. I'm like digging through here. West Virginia is one. Here's another white woman. Lost her kids in five months. Yeah. Five months. But we're going to find out the information. We have to be diligent, right? They make it hard for you, right? <laughs> well, I'll just try to listen to the story again. Um, then I missed the second half of it. And maybe they'll, because NPR is pretty good when they describe something, they say the proper names of the, of the documents. So maybe they, they called it something, the return or reunite family bill. So when they were talking about um, the end of this practice, yeah. I just have to find the actual name. Yeah. So we can we can okay, listen I'm, to I it again. Have COVID. Yay. Yay. Sorry. Good, That's good, good, good. I always take a test when I get a cold. <laughs> okay. So, so I, I I don't have COVID. Good. I just good, have good, cold. good. Good, <laughs> Sorry. good, good. Um TMI. But um I'm gonna um I'm gonna read listen to it again and see if I can find out more what it's what it's actually called. But um Chief, you're finding something that's saying that the bill was vetoed. So we'll we'll look into it more. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. dig deeper. We're gonna dig deeper because you know what? We don't know who close to us this can affect we don't know so we need to arm ourselves find out what we need to find out as much as we can ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for your patience as we went through this article we were on it longer than i had intended but you know what it was necessary it was necessary so i will not make an apology <laughs> I, re I retract my apology. <laughs> All right. Um, in business and tech news, Amazon releases a new ring car cam. Interesting. So you'll now be, you know what? Not a bad idea. So they are introducing a new ring camera for your vehicle. Story courtesy of WSVN. The small dual facing device sits on your dashboard, which allows drivers to capture the interior and exterior simultaneously. It will also be able to detect break-ins and has a traffic stop feature that lets drivers record whenever they get pulled over or have an accident. Yeah, so you can make a purchase on Amazon. That is not a bad thing to have. In health and science news, if you need a refresh, well, here are five detox drinks that you can sip on. Watermelon, mint, detox water. It will help you to lose weight, lower your blood pressure, and BMI. All right? Beet detox juice. Um, dietary nitrates found in beets have been associated with improved exercise performance, decreased blood pressure, and healthy blood flow, all of which are beneficial for your weight redu reduction objectives. You also have green tea detox drinks, so you can have that. Dandelion tea. Hold on, isn't dandelion that thing they sell the roundup for you to get out of your driveway cracks? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. That thing has a lot of health benefits. It has a lot of health benefits, yes. So why are we killing the plant if it's beneficial? Because it's also aggressive. 
that's why we're killing it so they can make money elsewhere in the medical field oh i'm sorry rabbit hole <laughs> but isn't the roundup the same thing that has been linked to some cancer that there's now a lawsuit in place for yeah. This doesn't, it doesn't okay. make sense. Come on. Nothing really makes sense. We know this. So next time you see some dandelion bush around your yard, pick it up, put it in your sink, make sure you clean it really well, and then test it out. Make some tea. It helps. I think it helps with blood pressure and other things, if I'm not mistaken. So let me tell you. You're in your urinary tract, too, as well. All yeah. right. So let me tell you, Sinead, sometimes, well, dandelion, rich in calcium, iron, potassium, and vitamin A. The diuretic properties of dandelion tea aid in toxin removal by the liver and kidneys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's also delicious. There you go. Valid. And good for colds. It consumes a cold. Go get you some dandelion tea. Um, you know, they put they grow by the edge and people have what their dogs. So I'm not gonna eat any of them. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> go get this get it from the supermarket. But dear, I'm not promoting any brand, but but dear makes dandelion tea. Um cucumber lemonade. Lemons include vitamin C, which will help to keep your immune system strong. And cucumbers, cucumbers, depending on wh what part of the world you're from, you're either gonna say cucumba. <laughs> cucumbers reduce inflammation yeah if, if inflammation caused your bloating you might experience real rejuvenation a reduction in swelling and an increase in hydration all right so the detox lemonade has a gentle sweetness from raw honey so there are there you go folks um cucumber lemonade dandelion tea green tea beet uh watermelon mint okay so wait they didn't mention ginger at all no they didn't they certainly wow. didn't they did not but you know a bunch of things i can't eat i can't eat watermelons i can't eat cucumbers i'm like look look at this mm. cucumbers are not my friends and neither is watermelon mm. oh boy oh boy sorry so sorry but here's some more good news uh According to WSVN, experts say honey is better than sugar. Improving one's health can be a challenge, especially for those with a sweet tooth. Those who love sweets might be able to find a replacement for sugar. Researchers say replacing sugar with raw honey can help control blood sugar levels and lower cholesterol when combined with a healthy diet. It is best to avoid glucose altogether, but if you need something sweet, experts recommended choosing honey. And, uh, okay, we, can, we have time for some more stories. Let's jump over to sports. Um, this oh, one... Sorry, really quick moments. Uh-huh, sure, so, go ahead. So, <laughs> it, uh, it, it weird when we hear, like, news like these comments like, yo, so people never know this? This is something we are screaming on top of the roof for like how many years now? Centuries. And people never know say honey better than sugar. So, I don't know. It's weird because, I mean, a long time, black scholars, you know what I mean, herbalists are telling people, say, yo, use this stuff instead of, you know what I mean, other stuff. And people don't think, say, yo, people crazy, they wouldn't have no sense or whatever it is. So we have to wait until some white institution or whatever come out with some research almost decades later and say, oh yeah, by the way, so new research has shown that uh, honey is better than sugar. And people, oh yeah, you know, it's a real thing. This is crazy. Yo. <laughs> Thank you for the laugh, Alpha. I needed the laugh. I, I needed the laugh. Thank you. I appreciate the laugh. I really needed it because after that NPR story, I needed the laugh. Thank you. Um, and 
Geely made a valid point. Real honey, not the sugar, not the sugar syrup stuff they sell in some stores. If you can get to a local um, honey producer, you know, someone who has a farm or something, go there and get it from them if you can. If you can get that honeycomb and everything, get it there. All right. Always best to go straight to the source. So in sports news, 16-year-old girl collapses and dies during flag football game in Las Vegas. Story courtesy of BallerAlert.com. So a 16-year-old girl suffered a medical emergency while playing a high school flag football game in Las Vegas, Nevada. Sophomore Ashari Hughes, 16, died after she collapsed during Desert Oasis High School's game against Valley High School around 7.30 p.m. on Thursday. She was hospitalized and died later that night, the paper added. The tragedy, of course, follows Buffalo Bills safety Damar Hamlin's recent cardiac arrest during a Monday night football matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals in front of millions on live TV. Ophelia Pfeiffer-Hill, a registered nurse whose daughter played on the team, um, Blanked out, bear with me. Okay, we're back. Rushed to perform CPR and used an external defibrillator. Today was the first time ever in my 26 years of nursing that I had to do CPR on a child, she said. Her family was not at the game, but finally arrived and we were able to get a heart rhythm. Oh my gosh. Um... What's up with football? Is it something we should push for them to get rid of? Or can we push for safer ways to play the game? Is flag football as dangerous as the other football? It's not supposed to be. Because the only thing you're supposed to do is catching a flag. Ripping the flag from the person's body. Hmm. You're not supposed to be tackling them. Okay. Well, I mean, it's bigger than just playing football and I collapse. But, all right, but no, I don't want to cause any scare to anyone. And again, everybody just have to do what they had to do during the whole COVID situation. You know what I mean? But it's bigger than one thing. It's like real talk. I'm understand that some per again, some person had to do what they had to do, you know what I mean? Uh, but it, bigger than I want to think. It, I mean, come on. Also, there, these CM government officials or health officials that was pushing certain things, them up on trial, and where the so-called conspiracy theorist people them used to say, them come out now, and, and remember you know, when the so-called conspiracy so-called cons cons conspiracy cons theorists. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I just call it good. <laughs> like, conspiracy theorists was giving these informations. They were they were um, called misinformation and. But what? Okay, be be specific because I'm gonna have to move you along quickly. What what right. information specifically? Give us one example. All right, people that say these shots cause. Blood clots. These shots reduce the immune system. You have scientists who, in you know, you know, these fields for decades, 
you know what I mean? Um, come out and I said these stuff and was live and them get silenced, all kind of stuff. Documents are coming out, reports are coming out, interviews are coming out, whistleblowers are coming out saying that yo, some of these folks that was given these informations um, actually tell the truth. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, remember, again, I was some EU meeting or some court case where it take place in Europe and one of the some representative for Pfizer you know you like get drilled about it and man asked her a simple question and she didn't have to admit well so again so-called conspiracy theories he that try to say from day one uh Riza, Riza Islam was one of them a lot of persons you know what I mean so it ended up that where we that tell people from a long time about these shots not being always safe mm-hmm. you know what I mean and that they were pushing a certain way for people to take them and all kind of stuff. Scientists have come out approval with us from day one. Yeah, cause it, it not makes sense for these. Oh, I see. I know what you're saying. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, even, we, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking the, about. The, the, all right, remember the documentary? I, don't know if I mentioned it the last time we spoke. Yeah, I said something in the room. I'm going to say, yo, there's this documentary that come out when you um, either a sudden death or die suddenly. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say hashtag sudden death or die soon. I wanna tell you too. Um, but can I send it to you too? The, the, those court, we, we call them people there, we, we, we do the, the, the body, like when they go, go to the morgue and then try to remove the organ. Um, Pathologists? Forgotten. Pathologists, yeah. And all of them are fine. The, that, the, that there are some rubbery substance in you know, the blood clots of these people who took the shots. You get what I say? And oh, it's a car. And I'm gonna show you videos. So if you're not gonna watch it, just have a yeah. strong stomach. We you spoke about I mean? it last night after, on Days After Dark, but it was in the After After show. Mm. We did, yeah, we spoke. We were talking yes. about I know what you're talking about. All yeah, right. so so much so. kids, healthy, athletic kids, young people. Can't just uh, drop down upon the field so reporters are talk on TV, then just have faith and a drop down if you know come on, some, you know what I mean? So yeah, but mega stop because we have a, a time <laughs> yeah, and stuff time, like yeah, that. time is against me. All right, thank you, Apple. So in other sports news, Bill's safety Damar Hamlin released from the hospital one week after the cardiac arrest, and that is awesome news. He should be home now. Yeah, he should be home. So we are grateful that um, things turned around for him, right? Truly grateful. In other news, in other sports news, Bills reach agreement with NFL and NFPLA to pay Damar Hamlin full salary despite being on IR. So story courtesy of Ball Alert as well. It is being reported that Buffalo Bills safety Damar Hamlin will receive his full salary despite being placed on injured reserve after suffering a cardiac arrest during Monday's game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Hamlin's four-year $3.64 million contract contains a standard split clause that allows the team to pay him less if he ends up on IR. However, sports writer Ian Rappaport reports that the Bills have reached an agreement with the NFL and the National Football League Players Association to pay him at his full rate. Good. Uh, I would never imagine. I didn't know that they have that, that you get less if you're injured. Aren't you? I guess you know what? It's like being injured on the job. Okay, I get it. I see why they do it. Mm, all right. So let's see if we can squeeze in one, believe it or not, 
story. And here is an idiot who went on the internet looking for how to dispose of a body. Story courtesy of CNN via WSVN Miami. So police in the small coastal town of Cohasset, and I'm not sure if I pronounced it correctly, up there in Massachusetts, are investigating the disappearance of a woman whose husband's internet records showed searches for how to dismember a body, sources tell CNN. And prosecutors say blood and a blooded knife were found in the couple's basement. After Anna Walsh, a 39-year-old mother of three, was reported missing by her co-workers on January 4. Police began questioning her husband, Brian Walsh, who is 47. Many of his statements about his activities and whereabouts at the time of his wife's disappearance, however, were untruthful. Uh, Brian Walsh has been criminally charged with misleading investigators in the case as police continued their search for his wife. Walsh, who is already awaiting sentencing for a previous federal fraud conviction, has pleaded not guilty. Investigators recently uncovered new information that turned their focus from a missing person search to suspicions that Anna Walsh may have been killed, including her husband's internet record showing searches about dismemberment and how to dispose of a 115-pound woman's body. And this is according to two law enforcement sources briefed on the investigation. the heck world dumbest criminals you know what i have no words for you sir whatever you get you deserve whatever you get you deserve you know as i'm in the chat here i'm so sorry because i'm about to go to music because we are about to do a wrap-up i'm looking at this comment by controversy cdc who fda needs to be sued and shut down as i'm reading that comment did anyone see the um clip from what's his name oh my gosh he's short he usually has his hair in a press and curl he's a comedian um oh my gosh what is this wears a suit all the time yes cat williams. cat williams yes did anyone see it when he was um talking about um donald trump saying that you know if he when he goes back in if or and when he goes back in he is going to hold every drug dealer criminally responsible so cat williams said well bear fd what you call it all these he started naming out these pharmaceutical FDA, companies who, yes <laughs> get yeah. ready to go to jail for the rest of your life yeah why aren't they being why, why are they allowed to do certain things to us you know but that's how it is yeah, little mama, you looking good. I see you wanna play with a player from the hood. Come holler at me, you got it like that. Big Snoop Dogg with the lead pussy cat. I show you how I go that. Yeah, I wanna throw that. Me and you one on one, treat it like a show that. You look at me and I look at you. I'm reaching for your shirt. What you want me to do? Say thank you to everyone that tuned in online on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. 
for quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.qmzradio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Thank you to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. If you have not already done so, go ahead, download the Jano Radio app. J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. And of course, I got to give a big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. Also, the party. This is the vibe. Thank you so much. I am Moments with me, and you were listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Always great conversation, shared views, varying opinions, and interesting perspectives. You can find me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, Moments with Me Media. Remember, coming up later on, 7 p.m. Eastern, it is The Rose Solo Show. Live on QMZRadio.com, JohnNoRadio.com, and ViscosityBlend.com. Now you can get what you want, but I need what I need. And let me tell you what's cracking like it before I proceed. Jano Radio and QMZ Radio, this is Moments with me signing out. Take care. To my clubhouse crew, as always, forever grateful. Thank you so much to everyone that came through. If it's your first time being here, you are more than welcome to join us every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. I also invite you to click on the greenhouse at the top and join the club. Follow the moderators and follow anyone that resonates with you. Thank you for coming and contributing. To everyone down below, thank you so much. I can't make out that name, but um, the gentleman beside John, Ar- Arya, I hope I said it right, MK, Controversy, Shay, Tasha, as always, and Julia, as always. Thank you so much for holding it down. Thank you. On the stage with me, Marlon, Afo, Chief, Mama Linus, Jocelyn, Fuzzy, James, Donald, Nostra, and everyone else who was here earlier. I know Chili was here as well. Everybody else who was here but had to leave, thank you so much for coming through. Your support is always welcome. And of course, you know, I'm forever grateful to my co-mods, Sunette, Tivette, and Rose Solo. Thank you for holding it down with me.
Bust another buckle of more Yeah, let me know my size and I got to know Which one is gonna catch my flow Cause I got the vibes and I got my dough Bust another buckle of more Yeah, let me look in the hype and I got to know Alright folks, look forward to doing this tomorrow morning again 9am Eastern, set your alarms And thank you so much to everyone that shared the space on Clubhouse As well as on your social media platforms thank you so much for coming through i'm going to close out the room enjoy the rest of your day whatever you do wherever you go please be safe closing out the room in three two one take care goodbye <laughs>